What's up, world? This is Danny coming at you today on the podcast. Uh, we've got a special guest in the studio today. We're going to get into it with him and uh, let him tell you all about his life and growing up and what he's achieved and everything. And uh, today we've got Mr. Eric Hubbard in the podcast. How you doing, Eric? Appreciate you for allowing me to be here. Uh, yeah, had, happy to have you, buddy. Jackson County, Kentucky, outside of McKee. This is one nice sound room, by the way. I appreciate it. I've uh, put a lot of time and money into it (laughs) (laughs) nothing comes for free in life that's no no i'm uh try i'm working on my wife to expand it a little bit here and get me a bigger table and more mics and stuff and because i want to i want it to just keep growing well keep buying washers and dryers matching sets and you should be just (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 we uh went through a little ordeal the other day our washer tore up i was telling you about that and it's really odd situation uh, them drums and them washers are supposed to be pretty tough mm-hmm. and it started leaking water out in my laundry room thankfully we've got these waterproof floors in here and uh i went down there and there's water all over the place and caught uh got a local guy danny robinson to come over and look at it and he found a hole in the in the uh drum i guess you call it a drum and i don't know how it happened but it was right and he said you can fix it but the drum is going to cost you fourteen hundred dollars and i said well i'll just go buy a new set well yeah what brand do you buy uh speed queen which is they're the old school kind so that's me too my wife yeah. uh back in my day when i was a greasy mechanic on the railroad yeah she'd buy all these fancy sensor that's what we had junk. yeah and of course, you know all foreign parts in it. <laughs> yeah. Soon, a little yeah. grease gets on it. It's ruined. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just go go buy old school. Stay old school, people. Oh yeah, we went to. Well, those were uh, Whirlpool brands. We bought at Lowe's when we first bought this house five six years ago, and they've lasted just that long. Mm-hmm. So we went to P Rats and bought Speed Queens, and he said he'll never. He said I'll never see you all again. <laughs> Can't beat that. <laughs> he said. Uh, <laughs> I think he actually said that these will last longer than you. <laughs> so we, uh, that's what I want. <laughs> we just got new Whirlpool refrigerator. We built our house here. Mm-hmm. And every time you hit the water, it would leak on the floor. Oh, and yeah. It took three months for a service call to come out and look. God, and they said, that's a long time. The door, the plastic pieces that they manufacture is too short. So in the open door, it breaks the line. Oh, okay technology let's go back uh, yeah to yeah. hand-built man-made mm-hmm. stuff american-made we never had these problems that's like true today. that's true throwaway parts geo metro started all that by the way that's my oh, yeah? conclusion in that the okay. throwaway cars <laughs> yeah, they pretty much are <laughs> <laughs> they still were fun until you hit a tree you know in the back room yeah. there, you know yeah these were whirlpools they didn't last long but uh they were the front loader kind too and she bought the top load the old school no buttons whatsoever just all knobs and she's like i'm tired of this junk good to go now getting something that'll last honey you'll smell good every day now (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's real important too (laughs) (laughs) oh so i'm glad to again have you on the podcast tell us tell us uh, where you grew up and what all you been through i know you're a veteran and stuff so I grew up uh, in Letcher County, Kentucky, right on the Virginia-Harlan County line, a little place called Flat Gap. Flat Gap. Uh, we had to go to Virginia to trade or Whitesburg, Kentucky to go trading as a boy. Yep. Of course, I grew up in the good times. Uh, coal was booming. Yep. You know, we had all the families around had the income, money, and really not a whole lot to do, but we had, they had, we had money. 
that's where the Tennessee Revolution started, what mm-hmm. I call it. Uh, Cherokee Lake, Norris Lake. You go down there today, you see UK flags everywhere. Yeah. And some coal miners, they bought that land up because they, back in the day, they made three times the amount of money the factory worker in Tennessee made. Yeah. And uh, we would go every year on what they call miners' vacation. Mm-hmm. And once a, once a year, July 4th week, we'd go camp out Cherokee Lake. Man. And, uh, man, it was good. Didn't know, uh, yeah. We didn't know. Today you look at kids and, you know, take them on vacation. And, <clears throat> yeah, you know, we got to go. All we did was fish and swim. Mm-hmm. In a creek probably. On a lake, Cherokee Lake. <laughs> we was on a lake. But once one one night we got to go play putt-putt golf and hit Baskin-Robbins and being from the middle of nowhere in Flag Gap, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, man, that was big time. Oh, you yeah. Know? Uh but you look today at generation. Mm-hmm. You look at how we try to be better than our parents and grandparents and provide for our children. Yep. Give them all this junk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I see we the people here all the time, you know, like your flag. Yeah. What happens when it gets real? Exactly. You know, that's a good, good question. Um, we have built a generation <clears throat> of, Sissies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it. going to be so crippled up people like you and I. It's going to go <laughs> yeah. and uh, protect, or protect what's theirs because I can't, we can't depend on generation now to count money in the store. Ready you to absolutely cannot. So. I actually, <laughs> this kind of struck me funny today. When we got done in Richmond doing what my wife had to do, I stopped by Dunham Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. I needed a new gear bag for work. So I walked in there and I bought a new gear bag and a pair of Hey Dudes. American flag, hey dudes, <laughs> and uh, walked up to the register, put them on the counter, paid with my card, and the girl, I don't, she may have not known it or whatever, but it struck me funny. She was so lazy. When I walked up, first of all, she was sitting in a chair on her phone. Mm-hmm. She act like it was she was digging a ditch to get up out of that chair. Right? Yeah, I, I inconvenienced her by making her check me out, mm-hmm. but. Every time I've ever been to pretty much any store in my life, they've put my stuff in a bag. Mm-hmm. You know, here's this gear bag and a box with shoes in it. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. No bag. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, it may not sound like much to a lot of people, but she didn't even put it in a bag. I had to go for one of my AmeriCorps Vistas. Uh, took a, she needed some ink. I took her a laptop. She needed a new laptop for doing her POIs on her mobile app. We'll get to that. Yeah. And we was at Corbin, Kentucky at the Walmart. Mm-hmm. No people at the registers. And, you know, I am I have a big problem with that. I do, one. too. But, uh, of course, I had to self-checkout. I had to get some ink for her printer. Yeah. And on the way <laughs> out, security's everywhere there. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia, in Corbin, Kentucky. Yeah. And I asked one guy uh, that worked at Walmart, what's up with all security? He said, because everybody's stealing stuff. Wow. And, well, you're giving them a reason to because you got to make them wait in line 20 minutes to self-checkout, number one. Yep. But I, I felt that kind of, you know, just awkward. And I walked out, and the security guy stopped me. Mm-hmm. Want to see my receipt. Oh, yeah, I don't, and I, don't I, I would, that. And I told him, kiss my rear end. Yep. I said, I sat in line. I checked out myself, and I said, I paid for it. I have the right to walk out showing you my receipt. Absolutely. And he got really attitudeous with me. He said he's doing his job. That's why I understand you're doing your job. 
<laughs> but you know, don't judge a character because I'm I got a beard and you know yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a seventy thousand dollar vehicle out there, buddy. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I pay my taxes. I do what's right. Yeah, and, uh, I'm not going to show you my receipt. I don't ever stop for them either. I just keep walking on past That's them. Right. I will not do it. But I realize, just like you said, they're doing a job. But them, they're asking them to do a bad yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, it's their cultural as a society, especially, you know, I traveled on the railroad for many years, traveled around this great world of ours and their nation and, you know, seen things that you would never think would be in Corbin, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Now Corbin, Kentucky reminds me of the inner city. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with security and all that and measures, and you know, we're we're what's what's the root cause? Mm-hmm. You know, what have we done as a society? What has we done as a region to implement? You know, one the laziness. Mm-hmm. I'll call it as it is. It, you know, um, that's what it is. And two, you know, <clears throat> the opportunity that just because you have to self checkout now. Mm-hmm. That you can stick in your pocket and walk out. I mean, you go to watch Home Depot videos now. People are stealing stuff, and the security guy ain't stopping them. Yep. Who's paying for all this? I know it. That's that blows my mind. They're just standing there, letting it happen. I'm like, okay, why not just steal from you? Yeah. You're a sitting duck. Yeah. And you put it out there, and he's a you know Chicago's your prime example right now. Police don't even get involved with people. Uh-uh. Rights is robbing the entire store. Yeah. And these stores are moving out of these inner cities mm-hmm. for that reason, because they're losing money, can't get people to work, and I can't blame them. No. But if you look at what's going on in inner city, what's going to happen in eastern Kentucky? What's mm-hmm. going to happen to central Appalachia in the next three to five years? You're yeah. putting that mentality here. Yeah, you are. It'll bleed over. You know? Definitely will. So It's bad. Do you... Do you that's, you answered my question. You, I was going to ask, do you think it'll ever get any better? But it ain't going to. It's going to get way worse. You know, uh, Eastern Kentucky, uh, I could talk about it because I am one of them. Mm-hmm. 1960s, JFK, when he came in and this generational uh, helping of us poverty people because we had coal dust on us and, you know, yeah. we grew our own vegetables <laughs> and all that. Had our mules go do stuff. Uh, so we're going to make it easier for you to get that boat. We mm-hmm. have created that generational welfare society, not just now in Appalachia, but our, our, our United States, mm-hmm. where you got a lot of, you know, issues with just the way people are are behaving now. And at the same time, <clears> you have <throat> a lot of issues with this period of people, the people in general making bad decisions yeah. because there's no morals. There's no right or wrong in life because you know you take away the whipping of the child yeah you take away all that judgment That's a big one. you know and uh man in school i stayed i stayed limping <laughs> you know but i'm so glad now i look back ted ray quarter uh was my principal yeah at arley boggs elementary yeah that man come me and he had a paddle had had holes in it oh because yeah it would break that wind where you yeah. get better contact yeah and he said, make sure you go home and tell your mommy and daddy what you got whipped for. Yeah. And, of course, I go home, tell them, get whipped again. But <laughs> but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have done what I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're, you know, it's to a point in life for, you know, society, there's no right or wrong teaching. Yeah. You know, we have now today's technology, <clears throat> I mean, your cell phone is your prime example. Yeah. And I tell this all the time. We have the power 
at her fingertips mm-hmm. to learn how to do a open heart surgery. Yeah. If needed in an emergency situation. Absolutely. We got all this technology. You can build hybrid engines. You can do, you know, learn how to build your own house, whatever. Mm-hmm. What do we do as a society? We watch TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watch cats jumping on <laughs> ledges or we or children's watching grown people playing a video game. Yep. Instead of them playing their own video game, they want to watch somebody. And these people are social media influencers or getting paid ungodly amount of money to do what? Play games. You know, yeah. <laughs> heroes is not a thing no more. No, they ain't. You know, you, you ask these kids, my kid's one of them, who's, who's your hero that beat Mr. Beast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What has he accomplished? Yeah. Besides telling people and you, they go to Shopify and buy my chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. He's just uh, uh, telling people to give him more money. That's all he's doing, and he just makes it in an in entertaining way. Yeah. Uh, I don't allow my boys watch him no more. I quit, I, we quit that about a month or two ago. I hear you. And, you know, this past weekend, um, you know, everybody feel how they want to. Uh, County Judge Shane Gabber here in Jackson County, I've grown to respect the man. Um, yeah. He had his daddy on Facebook, or shirt, one leg. Yeah. Been amputated or amputated and uh, been over in his cane picking weeds out of his garden. Yeah. 81 or 82 years old. Yeah. What's going on? We going to do that? Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, I look at their, their generations in the past and you, you're like me. You mm-hmm. grew up around these older timers and yep. God, how silly they are working like that, what they mm-hmm. do. But, you know, they lived a healthy, longer life. Yeah, because they worked. Well, know. it's ingrained in them yeah. from from the time they were born. Now, people is being ingrained in phones, technology, and and everything. No manual labor at mm-hmm. all. So, unfortunately, that's that's the way it is. I think it's going to get way worse. But I seen that picture you're talking about. It. Now that I, I remember it, I saw it on Facebook. Him out there yep. working. Hats <laughs> off to the man. Oh, absolutely. You know, but absolutely. If that, if that that should make everybody that you know seeing that on that social media little post. Yeah, it should be a gut check for you. Yeah, it should. You know, uh, to well, if he's doing that at that age with one leg and all that, why? What's my excuse? Why do I my grass five inches tall? Why ain't out there mowing instead of? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm tired from working my forty hour <laughs> work week. Yeah, you know. Um, but anyway, get back to my my youth. Uh, of course, I was born and raised in a. I'm a free will Baptist preacher's son. Mm-hmm. Um, honor for that. Believing God Almighty. Um, you know, I, I have gray areas about God Almighty. I've seen God personally in my experiences in my military time and yeah. close calls. If it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't be here still today. Right. But um, my mom and dad, perfect. They didn't have it made. They didn't have it, but I had a loving family to show me how to to treat children, treat women, yeah. treat people in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always tried to instill that and show that in general reference. When I was uh, in the first grade, my dad got paralyzed in the coal mines. Uh, he worked uh, in the story he told. is a man by Mr. Honeycutt. Uh, was one of them guys that went and got on the check, the social security check. Yeah. He sat out there every morning and watched all the coal miners go by drinking his coffee, waving. And dad, as a preacher, said that he, under his breath, cursed him. Yeah. That same day, dad got paralyzed. Wow. Gut check time, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Always be careful what you say about people, mm-hmm. you know, in, in general. Um, my dad was a proud man. I didn't see my dad for a long, long time or my mother. Uh, they had to take my dad to Vanderbilt University. Uh, they put them back together, metal rods back in the 80s. Yeah. Holding spinal cord vertebrates and all that. Mm-hmm. And my aunt <clears throat> Sherry, my uncle Tommy, and my granny Hubbard raised me and kept on with the roots and, you know, instilling in me till dad got to come home. And my dad um, set, set forth an example still today to me. He wouldn't take welfare, mm-hmm. he wouldn't take food stamps. Dad worked and he had land. Yeah. He sold pieces of property off to sustain the family. My mom went and got her beautician license. Mm-hmm. She cut hair, made blue women blue hair, yep. made sure they got a perm. They ate a banana first. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, apparently, it's a trick. Uh, huh. I ate a banana first. So, yeah, that potassium. <laughs> that's what she said. And she didn't charge her for the banana either. You oh, know, that's yeah? That's where me and her have been different. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We grew up hard, and I'm, I'm blessed today because it made me who I am. Mm-hmm. Um we, I could tell stories, you know, uh, dad wouldn't lie or wouldn't tell fibs. And they told, you know, back in Kentucky in the days, if you was trying to get on social security, cause everybody was, mm-hmm. uh, and workers comp and all that, they tested him. They said, well, you could be an earthworm farmer. Heck, he's earthworm yeah, farmer. Yeah. That's okay. what the state of Kentucky said he could do. Yeah. Or he worked at a grocery store. Well, he yeah. can't stand up. He's paralyzed. Yeah. But, um, you know, he kept his faith and he would not take no handouts and, you know, this is where people get on to me about dad's a pre- preacher of church, all these wonderful self-proclaimed Christians in life. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't get no help from them. It was the low lives, the beer drinkers, the hard worker, the hellions. Yeah. They'd yeah. come and mow the yard because I wasn't big enough at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're the true ones that help us sustain uh, <clears throat> and, and kept us going. And that's where I always, you know, over dusty roads, Yeah, I'd rather eat crumbs and bums than steaks and snakes. Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, that that mentality, though, from that outlawish kind of culture, which is everywhere, yep. they had morals. Absolutely, dude. And, you know, there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying all Christians, all people in churches, um, you know, I blend what I am now. Yeah. I'm still a little hellion. I'm right. an outlawer. Yeah, I speed. Sorry, state of Kentucky, state of Tennessee, <laughs> where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I look I look for opportunities at the same time. The motorcycle community always ran I ran to mm-hmm. because they're that freedom. Yeah. That, oh yeah. That way of life. Uh, you know, help help your brother, your sister, give them your last dime kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, follow a code. Yeah. Not saying a gang code. I'm just saying a code. Right. Ethics. Moral code. Yeah. Ethics code. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, with that and also my upbringing of hard work, uh, you know, my dad, was he was able, we still work gardens. We done all that. Yep. And as a young man, I was the guy that had to go in every day at school, had to carry the coal in, the mm-hmm. wood in. I'm talking about young. Yeah. You know, because dad wasn't able. Mom was working. Yeah. But stories like that, I'll never forget. Um, you know, I always thought growing up when we go once every couple of weeks to the grocery store, mm-hmm. my mama, uh, her name's Dana. Uh, she's a little old five foot two, this ball of fire. She's mm-hmm. quiet, buddy, and you know, but uh, she's stern. She will stand her ground like nobody else. Forced to be reckoned with. She is. Um, but uh, 
we go, and I always thought, you know, mom didn't like Taco Bell because it's a treat for us to get a taco. Me and my sister got taco and Sarah's soda pop. Oh, yeah? Well, mom never got nothing. And I always thought mom didn't like tacos. What about that? Mom didn't have the money for tacos. Yeah. That's yeah. a good chick. Absolutely, you yes. Know? So, uh, you well, know. That's a parent. You know, that's that's the mentality that all them old school parents have, that's man. Right. That's the way my mom and dad is. That's you right. go without to feed your cha- feed your right. kids or give them whatever they need. And today's time, what do we, what's, what's the modern day parents do? Not saying all parents. Right, right. They pass right. them off to grandma and grandpa to raise because they want to go get high. Yeah, yeah. Sad to say, but that's you know, the that's the cold hard truth. So, um, you know, like I said, we got some issues with that. But that's my childhood. Uh, yeah. I was blessed. Uh, dad, dad, uh, you know, of course, throughout time, few years, uh, he got a his social security, got his workers comp. Mm-hmm. I got to see Myrtle Beach. Yep. You know when that happened. Uh, I got a dirt bike and uh, way too big for my little old self. <laughs> and uh, I, I either had a clutch or brake lever broke all the time on it. And, uh, you know, I started doing riding all over them old coal mines and being chased out by security guards. Yeah, and yeah. It is uh, innocent fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, you look back, what kind of. What kind of parent turns a 12-year-old boy <laughs> loose on a dirt bike? It's like, you and your other buddies yeah. have fun and go. Yeah, you know, yeah. Today, you, I mean, child service would be at your door, you know? <laughs> yeah, they would. Definitely would. But, um, you know, Dad, uh, of course, in high school, um, I worked for Pepsi-Cola in Norton, Virginia. I lived on Kentucky-Virginia line. Yep. Uh, of course, church is very, very important in my family. Uh, I had to go to Sunday night service where I missed Sunday day because I had to go stock shelves. Um, but it's just the little things, you know, you still install, you, you go, you make time for church, no matter if you can't like me where I do what back rows Appalachia. Most of my Sundays is busy, Yeah. but I make the time at least thanks to technology. Mm-hmm. I can watch the sermon and try to stay planted. And, yeah. you know, cause I believe being planted as a man, uh, especially in my role now, as I consider not really a leader, mm-hmm. but a representative for absolutely us, yeah. uh, I try to I try to imply and try to stay in that moral values and stay grounded. Yeah, because it's so easy to lose your ground, mm-hmm. and you know then electricity happens and yeah. then troubles happens, and yeah. I've been guilty of that many many times in my younger years. I forget God and yeah. what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. So, uh, my sister, smartest person I ever met. Yeah. Do you remember Pizza Hut and Book It? Yeah. Do y'all have that? Uh, I don't know. You read a book, you tell a teacher about it, you read so many books, oh, you yeah, get a free personal yeah, pen yeah, pizza. Yeah, I do remember that. So, yeah. Teresa, every time we go to Weisberg, she always got a personal pan pizza because <laughs> she's, she read books. Yeah. And uh, here I am, I tried to cheat and read the back. You know, and, oh yeah, I didn't get many, but uh, <laughs> she she always strived to do something for her life versus me. You know, lollygag, happy go lucky, right, right. I'll figure it out kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. D versus A student. You know, yeah. um, she had the opportunity to go to Transylvania University, okay. and my dad, uh, of course, sold some land to help pay for her to go. Wow. 
And she is now, you know, she's been with Mountain Comp Healthcare. She does a lot of good for Eastern Kentucky people. Mm -hmm. She's a CFO uh, for them. And she travels all over the country uh, fighting for the rights of us and, you know, trying to educate us about diabetes and, you know, health care. And if you can't afford health care, uh, you know, if you if you work, uh, your insurance is broke down and your payments broke down by your income, but you're working. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, things that they've initiated, pharmacy program, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Okay. Trying to get back to our roots again. Yeah. By local produce, mm -hmm. support the local farmer, but that's a lot better than that GMO stuff you're buying or oh, ramen noodles. Yeah. So you know she's done really well for education. It's time for me. Dad said, "Son, what are you gonna do when you graduate high school?" I said, I "Guess we'll be a coal miner." Yeah. Coal mines at that time was starting to down climb. Right. Next thing, I was a senior in high school, going to Tennessee. Uh -huh. Lived on Cherokee Lake in the old camper. And, yeah. uh, you know, I went to school, worked at Sears Automotive, changed tires, and also worked at Fazoli's. And I was the guy that I could become a manager there when I quit them because I was, we didn't get tips mm -hmm. at Fazoli's, but I figured out right there the gift of gab. Oh, we yeah. got these little surveys done on you. And how did I get people to fill out them surveys and say how good of a job I did? I gave them unlimited breadsticks and I let them take them home. Why, yeah. All I need in turn, please fill this out. I cost yeah. Fazoli's a fortune. But they gave me a task to, yeah. to accomplish Appalachian ingenuity. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went, the worst thing and the best thing ever happened to me. At the age of 18, uh, Berkline, hey, you remember Berkline uh, Furniture? Yep. yep, sure do. Built Morristown, Tennessee. Son, they hired me, and I, my mom even got a job there. She done a postery, and I was on her side of the factory, and I built the frames, metal yeah. frames. Worked there for a year. At the age of 18, in 1999, I was making $1,000 bring home a week. Yeah. Production work, piece work. Yeah. Uh, I'd kill myself. I'd go in early and prep everything and, you know, um, making at that age, 18, all the stuff I never was able to have because of the situations, I, yeah. I can get it. It's mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bought me a new pickup truck and all that good stuff and materialistic garbage. Yeah. That's what I look at it as now. Yeah. Um, we had the opportunity, though. They told me to slow down because they lost a contract. And I'm like, well, I'm here to make money. I ain't here to slow down. Yeah. Fourth of July, came hot back. They fired me. Wow. Said I stole two dollars worth of production tickets. There you go. And you know me, <clears throat> how I was raised, being fired is a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Especially being fired and being considered a thief. I oh, didn't yeah. know how to even talk to dad about that, saying, yeah. "Hey," and I had these bills. You know, mm -hmm. had all this, and welcome to reality in the real world. Mm -hmm. um, I went to work at a temp service, which number two is what's wrong for a great nation. Yeah. Temp services. I'll call you out, you temp service owners. Uh, <laughs> You know, you, you set up people, and right before they can get hired on full-time, you move them to another place. Happened to me. So, um, when I worked, they, I remember them corporation, they made for accounting in the little paper rows. Mm -hmm. That was like a person at a chalkboard scraping their fingernails, me touching that stuff and putting it in the box. That's yeah. all I did, cut yeah. it and put it in the box. Yeah. But I worked, and I did. I worked third shift, 12-hour shifts, making minimum wage, barely getting by. And I woke up, uh, I got off work one morning and got yelled at for doing something wrong or something. 
And I said, you know, my dad was a United States Army Ranger. Yeah. My papa was on the 101, World War II. Yeah. My rest of my family's in college. They done good things. I'm the end of a bloodline of mm-hmm. being a veteran, of yeah. being a military guy. I didn't want to join the Army because I knew I seen what my daddy was able to do when he got out of the Army. Mine, <clears throat> Cole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's a, he, he got out of the Army and he repossessed trailers in West Virginia because that's the only thing he was capable of doing by his training of kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Was uh, jumping out of airplanes. They had a whole lot of trade for that, unless you yeah. want to be a mercenary. Um, but I joined the Navy. Um, and I, I carried on my time there. I became a power plant operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the youngest with my, they called me Hillbilly in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. They made fun of how I talk. They made uh-huh. fun of my teeth uh, because we didn't have fluoride and water. And, you know, I stayed at the dentist and all that good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had to work harder than anybody because of my, how I talked. Mm-hmm. I had that twang, you oh, know, yeah. that, that Hillbilly twang. I was honored at 19 to be the youngest guy ever on that ship to be in charge of the power plant. Wow. And that's right at the time 9 11 happened. Uh-huh. We was on the way to war. Um, we had, we, I was a Gator Navy guy, uh-huh. which means I was with the Marines, the Jarheads. Uh, their favorite color is clear. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. guys, I love them to death, uh, devil dogs. But uh, we had 300 sailors and about 3,000 Marines on our ship. Our, our purpose is clear. One reason mm-hmm. is to drop off Marines, go to war. That's yep. what we did. My job was to make sure we got there. Electricity stayed on, radars, guns, potable water to drink, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Uh, that was my job. And, you know, at that age, you know, 19, to have the weight of the world and people might not look at it like that. I had a moving city, and I was responsible to keep it running. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I advanced very well in the Navy, got hurt. Uh, ended up having to go back home, uh, became a recruiter for rehab, went to Tennessee. And uh, long story short on that, <coughs> went to Pensacola, Florida. They told me uh, recruiting school is a pharmaceutical sales school, how to sell somebody on an ideal to get them to buy something. Yeah, I'm selling you four or six years of your life for a service, and you're going to sign a dotted line, you're going to go do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, they said I wouldn't be good at it. They said I was most likely not to succeed at that too. Huh? I became recruiter of the year. Wow! So um, shoved it in their face. Shoved it right in their face. <laughs> Me and Daddy got to go to Pensacola, Florida, and go for a week. I had to uh, go and give a speech to all the other new people becoming recruiters and yeah. tell them how my secrets are. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Be honest. Well, yeah. Give somebody what look for what they're looking for. That's mm-hmm. called networking. Yeah. What can you offer them and what do they want? Mm-hmm. Sales one-on-one. You don't need all these gimmicks. Yeah. Same thing if you go buy a car, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the recruiting thing, I thought it was the worst job on the planet. I hated it because yeah. every month I had a quota. Oh, okay. Had to put someone in or I was going to be pressured. And the punishment was you have to go on a Saturday and do some kind of sales school. And I just drove, I wasn't giving up my Saturday. Yeah. So I worked hard through the week to get that, you know, get that quota. But the people's lives that I know that made a difference in that, um, is tremendous. I keep up with a lot of the kids I recruited. Yeah. 
You know, they're not all, some's retiring now because I'm getting old mm-hmm. out of the military. Some went on and got their, what they wanted and started their own business or working at a major corporation. Mm-hmm. And East Tennessee's a lot like Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. They got it. They had a chance to move on and do something. My chance was uh, when I got out, I went to work for Colgate Palmolive. I made Two-Face for a living. Oh, yeah? Carter Maintenance. Yeah. Made less money there than I did in the military. <laughs> okay. I had a bunch of people from overseas, not wrong people from overseas, uh-huh. but they uh, was promoted higher than me if they're one year of college at the age of 22 because Colgate Palmolive got a tax credit from the federal government uh-huh. to, to promote them as supervisors of management versus a dumb hillbilly. Okay. Uh, long story short, I kind of quit, kind of got fired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a young man that was really hard on me. Uh, he's 22, 23 years old at the time. I was a uh, you know, 10-year veteran. Mm-hmm. Worked 12-hour shifts, did what I had to do, and uh, they ended up giving him that position, not me. And we had 550 gallons of toothpaste because of a mistake fall on the concrete floor. Oh, yeah. They had me a plastic shovel. And a corgit tube and told me to I'm staying until it's cleaned up. You know what my fault. There you go. And he said, I'm going home. And then he told he 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 kind of made a hillbilly joke at me. Yeah. So I I quit as soon as I hit him with that shovel in the head. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's smart to quit because you've probably been fired. <laughs> well, exactly. But uh you, you know, I bet he never made fun of her hillbilly game. I guarantee you. You know. But uh <laughs> of course I always wanted. To, I always liked the idea of railroad. Never knew no one in railroad didn't know how to begin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and applied. Uh, Sixty-eight people applied for two positions. Um, There's a lot more people, a lot more advanced welding, hydraulics. I ran a power plant. Yeah. But the guy liked me. He liked the way I was, and he gave me the opportunity. I worked for Norfolk Southern Railroad for 16 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, traveled all over the East Coast. Uh, seeing communities striving, seeing yeah. communities dying. Okay. Um, and that's really got me started thinking. You start seeing some of these communities kind of like home mm-hmm. that has a niche for something, and people are coming to spend their money. Yeah. So throughout that time frame, I started doing more, looking into more research, and uh, what could I do as a person uh, that can make a difference from where I'm from, even though I lived in Tennessee, I ain't got a lot of tell. Yeah. Um, what could I do for home? Because when I came home to Letcher County, Harlan County, Kentucky, um, you know, is this depressing? Mm-hmm. And I want to do something different. So on that trip, uh, me and my dad and an old man by the name of Vic, we called him the Godfather. So I had an angel and a hellion with me. Mm-hmm. Vic was a, he was from California, coolest guy I ever met. Yeah. White shirt, always had a cigarette pack here, always carried whiskey in his motorcycle. He'd get out and dance and, and <clears> in the <throat> 70s. He looked like an old straight cat. Yeah. But he'd get out there and do that grease lightning kind of yeah. dance. But yeah. he, these women in their 20s would flock to him. <laughs> and I, I'm just blown away, but he had the kindest heart yeah. of anybody I ever met in my life. And, and me and him just became. That's awesome. We became best friends, and I could tell stories mornings I'd wake up. He'd be in my house and pass out sleep on my commode. Um, Vic had cancer and, you know, he had a lot of problems, but he always felt safe coming to my house. Yeah. And, you know, but we we went to California. Uh, I always dreamed of taking a road trip, you know, and motorcycles. And Daddy, uh, of course, put back together. He hurts and struggles, but he has a trike. 
Yeah. And we went and rode the back roads all the way to California. Wow. I plotted it, worked on it for two years. Yeah. And um, that's a major never haul. Hit, never hit an interstate. Yeah. Never hit many four lanes at all except for a crossover. Yeah. We rode a lot of old two lane roads and, and a lot of back roads and a lot of gravel roads. Yeah. And uh, of course, gravel roads are smooth that way. It's not like here. But, um, you know, throughout, I had 100 miles at a time at West. You didn't see nobody. Mm-hmm. You would get to a gas station. You better stop and get gas, number one. Right. And we lived on beer. Dad didn't. He lived on Powerade. Yeah. Me and Vic lived on beer, fireball, and uh, <laughs> jerky. Oh, oh fireball and Fire, jerky. Fireball yeah, what a combination. Jerky. That's, that's a combo, right? <laughs> but, but on our trip there, uh, same thing with the niches. I started seeing these little towns of thriving over motorcycles, mm. car stuff. Seen uh, all the old Dodge Daytona club there. And yeah. they all know where in Montana. Mm-hmm. And all these beautiful old Daytonas and Superbirds. Yeah. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, we go on a yearly drive and we chose to come here to this. And I mean, them cars are covered in mud and dust and yeah. I mean, 200 feet down in our cars. Um, so we went. You know, that through that segment, I had nothing but time. Yeah. And that's for uh, what I do now. Backrows of Appalachia got started, was on that trip. Uh, didn't have a clue about a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I've seen nonprofits all over home for years and reading up on them and stuff. I'm always curious. Yeah. They get all this money. Where does it go? Yeah. It goes to their condos up there on the lake or, yeah. you know, beach houses and stuff. And, Means and means and means of dollars to our people, supposed to be for a benefit for our people. Mm-hmm. Where's the benefit? Yeah, you know. And uh, I decided to make this a nonprofit, and I, of course, put money up front, did it legally, yeah. I figured it out, I got IRS sanctioned, got Sam's Dunn Bar case certified, created a board of directors, which I have the most amazing board of directors. Uh, it's people I met in my life throughout the years that has a passion for motorsports. Yeah. And they all have a different segment. You got bikers, racers, off roaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have common ground. Yeah. We want to do something positive and also make a playground for motorsport activities. Mm-hmm. And we started in Lynch, Kentucky, the Dragon Slayer Highway 160. I had $357 that I put into rebar, and we welded shelving at the Dragon Slayer Welcome Center. Yeah. Uh, Last year, we had 77,000 visitors come to that community riding their motorcycles or cars uh, just to come and sign a wall, a big yellow wall with their name on it and where they're from Uh because we had to prove to the state of Kentucky, federal government, county, no one would help us, but we had to prove that we was bringing people. Yeah. Yeah. Appalachian Ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Right, if you write your name down, and a gentleman by the name of Melvin came up with that. Uh, Melvin, uh, or he was a good friend of mine, uh, black coal miner. Yeah. Lynch, Kentucky, real quick history lesson. Look up Lynch, Kentucky, folks. Yeah. In the 1930s, U.S. Steel Corporation bought all that land. They built the number one place to go to, to for education for your children, mining, Portal 30, 31, all that was put in. You can still go toward Portal 31. Yeah. It was the town that built America. What? Period. Um, <clears throat> the world could learn from Lynch, Kentucky. But don't ever say on Facebook, come hang out in Lynch. You'll get 
put in jail for six months. So, true story. Uh, but Lynch, Kentucky is not named after that. It was after a man by the last name of Lynch. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah less is a life. But what what I find, you know, up there in Lynch, and you start looking at the history of it. I grew up around there. Thirty three nationalities mm-hmm. was recruited to come to Lynch, Kentucky, to mine coal. Wow. Equal rights, equal pay. Mm-hmm. You know, had Alabama cotton pickers, the African-Americans, you had the Norwegians, you had the Irish. Yeah. They all got treated the same and got paid the same to come here as a union mine coal. Yeah. And that's where East Kentucky and people in the Democratic side versus the Republic side is blue-collar Democrat from the union coal miners. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things has changed in life. That's all I'm going to say. I'll get into politics. I'll get in trouble. Right, right. But, um, you know, Melvin um, – Hardy, we call him Mr. Big Time. Black retired coal miner that rides the Suzuki motorcycle. So excited that we're doing something there. And all he ever wanted was a splash pad for the kids around her to play on. Wow, well, we're that? still working on a splash pad. Right. But 30 new businesses opened up in the next two years due to the increase of traffic on the Virginia and Kentucky side. And I was content. Hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. This is where we're at. And then all these other communities started saying, hey, can you come and help us do this? Can you help? Can you help? Yeah. And it exploded me working a full-time job on the railroad. Uh, And every weekend, I got a good wife, or she'd left me by now. Right. I I get home from railroad at 2 in the morning on Thursday. I'd mow my yard, and I'd be going to Kentucky for the weekend helping. Wow. And uh, didn't get paid a dime for it, spent my own money. Mm -hmm. But I had that urge to help. Yeah. And let's fast forward, you know, now we're at five years, I believe, or four years of official nonprofit. We have a mobile application that features over 5,000 miles of trails and roads for you as a person (laughs) in a bike, a family car, sports car group, whatever to come. Uh, We support all local businesses on that app. We tell them where to eat, where to stay, Mm -hmm. supporting local community because when you break it down to the economics, and this is where I've learned and, you know, really focused upon the average person on a trip on a motorcycle or car will spend $256 a day. It's a study done by the University of Montana, so I just didn't pull that out. Right, right. If they stay three days in eastern Kentucky, which, by the way, before we started, it was a one-day trip. Okay. Now we're up to a two-and-a-half-day trip. That's mm-hmm. the average time they're staying in eastern Kentucky. If we just had one road, one section, they're going to come and do it and leave. Yeah. So we need to build a playground. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've done is 5,000 miles, and people are leaving, come back next year, picking up somewhere else. Yeah. They're spending their money. Well, when it comes to economics or the footprint, mm-hmm. at that $256 a day per person, it's multiplied by seven times and that money will stay within our region that communities and it will be spent re-spent seven times before it goes to lexington before it goes to knoxville okay and that's how you break down your economic impact studies is done by that of course we have professors and guys a lot smarter than i am that helps me put all that together yeah yeah we track the numbers and show proof to the federal government of our events and that turns into uh, economic impact study. Uh-huh. Uh, last year, we brought in over $38 million, but we couldn't prove it. We could only prove $12.5 million. Yeah. So last year, through you know, old boy from Flag Gap, Kentucky, mm-hmm. we brought in $12.5 million to our local businesses and our local people. 
Wow. That's game changing. Oh, yeah. That's how you, Major. That's how you start getting baseball teams and little league teams sponsored again. Yeah, buddy. That's how you give kids things to do is their local businesses is the ones that support all that. It ain't these corporations, you know. So that's pretty much, you know, my story. Um, I, I was asked last year, we received a grant from the Appalachian Regional Commission in the state of Kentucky uh, to, uh, that we applied for. And be careful what you ask for. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were given $1.4 million. $1 million of it was from a federal grant, and we do have an operation budget from the state of Kentucky. Honored to say that we have the lowest return or the highest return of investment for state allocated funds in mm-hmm. their organization. We're every uh, 1.1352 of a penny they give us, we're giving back the state a dollar. We get $200,000 a year. Okay. A 200000 pays for your accounting, marketing, no salaries. Right. It keeps you legal as a nonprofit to continue your business. Yeah. Um, West Virginia has seen what we've been accomplished in Kentucky, and now West Virginia's came to the plate. Oh. They want us to do what we're doing in Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia. So it's really, again, here I am, mm-hmm. old, you know, boy from Yellow, Kentucky, yeah, setting down commissioners and senators and delegates and state representatives and meeting governors and, yeah. you know, they <clears throat> want my opinion on things. Yeah. Blue-collar worth ethic, ethic opinions. Yeah. And, you know, that's the most refreshing thing I've seen in many years, I'm not saying it's because it's me. But I see a change in their government at a state level. I see a change with, like, I want to keep Gabbard to a federal level meeting. Yeah. I see a change. They're asking opinions from the Appalachian people, not telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. Ask, what can we do to better you all with this money that's set aside for you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, these state senators always, you know, told their, their, their politicians. Yeah. They, they are. They're some of politicians. Oh, yeah. I've never been asked one time since I've been doing this for me to donate to their campaign. Okay. Or do, you know, the mentality and what I've always heard as, you know, that outsider yeah. is that how crooked these politicians are, and I'm sure they are some. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But I know our Eastern Kentucky politicians, you know, what's in play right now. They'll do anything in the world to help if, we, if it benefits their communities. Right. That's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, they never ask for no special whatevers. Uh, they never ask for no donations or whatever. And uh, I think that's just so refreshing. It is. You know? It is. And then you go talk to random people and, you know, uh, experts and consultants. You know what an expert consultant is? Mm, you have to educate me on Someone it. Someone that lives more than 50 miles away from you is considered an expert or consultant. Oh, yeah? There's a lot of experts. <laughs> We paid a lot of experts and got our rear ends burnt trying to develop back rows of Appalachian and always comes back to be clear. Yeah. Stick to your gut, Uh Appalachian ingenuity and common sense. Mm -hmm. There's no get rich quick schemes in real life. Uh, There's no how to develop your organization in real life and become the powerhouse you think it can be. Mm -hmm. It takes hard knocks, hard work, and a team effort to develop what we're at. So on the motorcycle side, uh, 
course i got that covered that's what i do yeah and we got a guy we do facebook live every week uh, jay uh he's took over a lot of that role for me he's, i've seen he's him my board there. member yep. uh, i get last time i went to williamsburg just uh i need a break yeah my wife's in tennessee it's mm-hmm. seven o'clock we raised a bunch of money for uh, a family up here that tragically lost her son this past week yeah um i'm short-staffed so I'm out there cooking, and Larry Jones, thank God, if you know Larry Jones, Plumber Jones, uh, yeah. use him. He's a good, honest man. Uh, but he he came, and because his co-workers, the dad, the stepdad of that, Larry came, and he made a smoker and cooker for me so I could do other things. I mean, you don't you don't find people that do that all the time. Not all the time. You, you sure know? don't. Very but, rare, actually. Yeah, sad to say. Yeah. Um, but one thing I can say <clears> about Jackson <throat> County is there's a lot of them still here. Yeah, they are. You know, and they are. That's what lured me to Jackson County was mm-hmm. that mentality. Yeah. Um, but last night I went to a bike night. No big deal, but it's something that we put on in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Yeah. At the Butcher's Pub, uh, they did a benefit ride yesterday over there on a trail we call Yamacraw. That I don't ever get to ride motorcycles no more. People think, well, why don't you ride your bike no more? Have you ever tried to make? answer 500 phone calls and <laughs> yeah. 70 emails so i don't ever get to do that yeah it's kind of hard to do on yeah. a bike <laughs> so uh and of course you know i live in the great state of kentucky commonwealth kentucky whatever you want to consider it yeah and we have some things wrong still and we got a lot of things right and people might get mad at me uh i don't wear a helmet in kentucky so i don't have to i don't have the headphones in where i could hear yeah well people's like well that's foolish that you don't wear a helmet. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the difference between a open and closed casket is a helmet. That's just how I've always seen it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I appreciate states that gives you the option and oh, the yeah. right. I, I'm totally with you. Know, you know, you're at an age, a certain age, and you're old enough to make decisions on your own. If you're going to go out with no helmet on, it's your right to. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's one reason i've always liked kentucky is for that reason mm-hmm. you know do i agree with it I, I, I like i said it's not the smartest thing in the world no it's not i've rode them without helmets and i've rode them with and i think when i first started riding i wore a helmet and then after that i quit but yeah. i don't like having anything forced on me exactly that's and i want the option the option the don't ride. do away with it don't force it completely give people the option and it's the same for speeding tickets or you've, you know <clears> if i've i've been getting tickets across state lines and forgot to put a helmet on yeah mm-hmm. i'll gladly pay it well, i'll yeah. gladly pay my speeding ticket mm-hmm. i had the you gave me an option i have an option yeah to either do it or don't uh-huh. if i don't do it i'm going to be forced to pay the fine <laughs> yeah. you know yeah but uh that's my own personal choices of course when it comes to our organization i follow the guidelines of the state of kentucky and the federal government because it's more than just area covered yeah i got mouths uh, that depend on a paycheck yeah uh, i got staffing we have transition employees mm-hmm. you know we take great pride and we have three key components of back rows of appalachia our mission is economic development through motorsports number one mm-hmm. um you know and people think well what's economic development motorsports got anything to do in common yeah we love having visitors we love having the bikers we love having the car groups come in but what <clears> this <throat> purpose is is for me where i've been trained thanks to the economic development cabinet to find the people that has the ability to invest in kentucky yeah in eastern kentucky mm-hmm. 
Uh, I have the, uh, with the, you know, checklist for dummies, what mm -hmm. I call it. I know if they're in certain zones where they could get credits, if they invest their money and build a corporation here, if they build a corporation, thanks to the downturn of coal, uh -huh. we are going to be able to put people back to work. Yeah. And I'm not talking about mountain wage money. Mm -hmm. um, one guy that I've got to know and respect a lot, his name is Art Grushka. He's from Poland. Okay. He owns Green APU. Okay. And his son Patrick's a 19 year old young man that <clears throat> returned 20 as a professional rally car driver. Right. How did I meet him? Yeah. I met him at a rally car race that we was part of and put on in McCurry County, Kentucky. Uh -huh. Got talking to him. And, you know, set up way too late, doing, doing, drinking a lot of water. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it became a friendship that we just followed up for occasionally. Well, last year, Art came to Kentucky uh, in December with his truck, his race car, and a team of people to look at investing in Eastern Kentucky. Art come from Poland. I uh, love the Polish people. Uh, yeah. Just don't tell no Polish jokes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're hardworking. They're Eastern Kentuckians. They're Appalachians. Mm -hmm. That's what they are. Yeah. You know, uh, they talk a little different than us. And I can, I can do my art voice if you want me to. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he fell in love with Eastern Kentucky, not just because of her, her, her people, her hospitality. Mm -hmm. He found out about the coal miners, the history, because in Poland, of course, they dug coal and the yeah. downturn of it. His corporation is in Chicago, Illinois. At the age of 18, he's he was moved to the United States from Poland to escape socialism. Okay. Uh, his mom and dad sent him over. He started driving a truck for the Chicago ports, and he bought a truck. Mm. He bought another truck, and he bought hundreds of trucks. Wow. And with the federal government and the emissions and stuff for the new diesel trucks, which he owned a bunch of them, um, a new diesel engine cannot set an idle when a trucker is taking a 10-hour rest because it clogs up the emission systems. Mm -hmm. They're designed to run, not idle. Yeah. Well, if it's 110 degrees outside, or you can't tell your drivers not to be comfortable. Yeah. And you lose money if you put them in hotels and go look find hotels for them. Yeah. So... He bought auxiliary power units and from other companies and put them on his trucks. So mm -hmm. when the when the truck's setting for a ten hour rest or when they're waiting to load, these engines run, these little units run and they air condition, heat and charge the batteries, it keeps the driver comfortable. It saves the emissions in the green world. It saves on uh, you know, fuel economy. Uh, it's a little three cylinder Kubota diesel engine versus uh, you know, a big Detroit or Cummins. The maintenance of it, the idle hours of it, the hours of getting on truck resale value. But these things, is his words, excuse my language, his, and I'm going to art bit voice. He said, yeah. they're, they're shit. <laughs> yeah. So Art made his own. Yeah. He went and, and they, they they're, everything's made in America with the exception of the Kubota three-cylinder diesel engine. And the reason why is because it's a superior engine. Okay. But every little unit, every little thing is tech team. You can go to AutoZone or Riley's Advance and get the component for like a Honda Civic or some other kind of compressor or whatever, and you can fix it. These other ones, you have to wait for China to ship you the parts uh -huh. and put it together. So he's became the, the dog in the auxiliary power unit world. Wow. Because of his deal and his, he takes pride in everything's machined and made in Chicago. Hmm. Well, he wants to do it in Kentucky. 
and other things that I, I'm not going to talk about because he's got some patents out there. But right, he said, right. you know, our people, uh, from his experience already, that we are able to work. And also, wow. Eastern Kentucky has a workforce that no one thinks about. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in our country right now, good luck trying to find somebody to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Period. Good luck. And he's having, of course, all these corporations having that problem. Well, our second key component to get back into what we do mm-hmm. We have a workforce development training through transition employees for people out of rehab. Okay. Kentucky has changed the book since the Tim, Tim Robinson addiction recovery care and other um, rehab facilities to not just cycle. Yeah. Because here's our problem with, you know, rehab in general in our, our nation and I'm sure around the world. Mm-hmm. You have people that... Come on, they get they they get in trouble in prison. Their parents they finally give that break in point. They want to get either forced to get better or help. They just want to get better. Yeah, yeah. Where they come from, the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. The places of right. low income. Yep. Right. So the federal government, Medicaid, state money, all that. We put all this money in these 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 people, and they come around full circle again. We expect them to get right out go to work, contribute society, and, you know, live his white fence life. Yeah. The people that got in that problem, majority of them, they have felonies. Mm-hmm. They uh, have no credit. Yep. They have all these issues. But we're supposed to say, okay, you're better. Go. Yeah. They're set up for failure. Yeah. So where do they have to go back to? Yeah. The projects, the trailer mm-hmm. parks. And – the cycle will repeat itself over and over again. Yeah. So what Tim and is doing with the workforce transition is giving people the opportunity once they're in rehab or almost completed, if you bring a corporation in, that they will start a training program to get them to work at that facility. Okay. And, you know, it's giving them the tools they need to get back on their feet. They're starting to have transition homes where they can live there for up to one year mm-hmm. at a very low income yeah. for cost to stay there. And they can work and save up their money. And then while they're there, they're building their credit. They're <clears> teaching <throat> them the basics, how to balance the checkbook, nutrition. Oh, yeah. yeah, There's more to life than McDonald's and Roman noodles. Yep. The simple stuff that most people take for granted. Mm-hmm. These, these young, these people have never had the opportunity or, the know-how yeah and that comes back to jfk again and generational welfare don't get me on that but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's setting them up i see that firsthand in my career mm-hmm. people that's been in prison 20 30 40 50 years yep. they don't know any of this stuff yeah. they have no clue and they some of them have light at the end of the tunnel where they're going to get out and uh, they will reoffend just to come back just to go prison. back it's, yeah you know that's that's I read an article one time where it said the recidivism rate is due to the to the way the world is out on the street. Yeah. You know, it's not in the person. It's that they some most off, more often than not they have no choice. Well, and you you, you can go into context and in depth in that. Um, you know, I had an example when I was a young man when I was in boot camp. God, that place is awful. Mm-hmm. I hated it. But, yeah. you know, I had, to, I had to suck it up, do my 12 weeks of it, and yep. move on. There was one guy there. Um, he was from, I believe he was from Chicago, if I remember right. His name was Tate. He's been recycled so many times because he wouldn't graduate boot camp, and he'd get kicked back to start over again. Okay. He's like there for eight months. It's, oh, wow. It's boot camp. 
And I, you know, we sitting around one evening, we got done for stuff, and you had a little bit of time to read letters, or whatever. Yeah. He didn't have no letters. So I talked to him. Yeah. My mama, real quick, uh, talked about my mom and how much she loved me and got me in trouble. Um, I get letters and I always had a stick of juicy fruit gum oh yeah in my letter and i'd sneak into the bathroom look the uh, the head they call it in the navy yeah i sit there and read that letter and chew that gum <laughs> spit it and flush it you know yeah but uh <laughs> tate tate didn't have none of that yeah tate was homeless he's he mm. he's what's happening i actually talked to state representative tim truett and others about these uh happy mayor happy down there in hazard the high school students now that's homeless is mind-boggling. Really? Couch surfers, they call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, find a place to live, going to school, where they probably only going to get fed at school. Wow. Think about that. That's sad. We give billions of dollars a year to these nations. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. we got teenage kids that are couch surfing that we are setting them up automatically for failure. Yeah. You know, from Jump Street, they're set up. That's for right. Fire. So Tate is being homeless. Tate not having nothing. He said that boot camp was the best thing he ever had, mm-hmm. and that he's scared to move on because of that. Wow. And me and Tate became good friends throughout mm-hmm. boot camp, and I stick with it, buddy. Yeah. You know, come on. It gets better. Trust me, you can't get much That's worse. That's so sad. You know, people. There are people in this world that are just bums. They really are. But there's also a lot of people that's in those same situations that want so much more yep. but don't know how to go about it. Yep. I agree with that 100%. You know? that's, so, that's, that's sad. you gotta give, you got to give a you know, person some tools to get them mm-hmm. in life. And yeah. Our last thing what we do, though, is uh, besides our workforce and these corporations, is that we support all local businesses. Yeah. Um, Man, there's nothing better I like than to bring build itinerary for a group of players slingshots or some supercars or a bike club. Yeah. And I pick a, a place that don't get no traffic, and I give them a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a place up in uh, Estill County, uh, Irvin, coming up in August. I call. I went there and ate. I always try to look, make sure it's good, whatever. Yeah. And it's called the – it's not grub, the Grub Hut. And they got I've a, heard of that. They I've got heard. a hippie – ice cream it's a cool vibe yeah you know and i i had a meeting there of some uh, bankers and stuff like that talking about sponsorships and all that and i'm sitting here thinking it's 12 o'clock mm-hmm. on a uh, it was a friday and i'm like there's only just three here yeah and i'm like well how are you all surviving how are you sustaining you know i always ask some questions and yeah. as a younger guy you know, and the ice cream and stuff keeps them busy in the weekend. It keeps the payroll going, all that good stuff. So I said, how about, can you feed 85 people? You know, he's, he looked at me. I said, yeah. on time, and you can can you feed them an hour and a half? Yeah. He said, I think we can. I said, where are you going to set them? Where are they going to park? I asked these questions. Yeah. And we came up with a battle plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, was, cut the menu down. Let's trim the fat. Right. Give them three or four options. Mm-hmm. That way everybody's happy. Yep. And uh, go from there. And now that player slingshot group is going to Irvin, Kentucky. Wow. They're going to eat lunch there. And, you know, he's going to make a good lick for that day. Yeah, which buddy. That money will be spread seven times mm-hmm. before it leaves. And that's what we do. Yeah. Wasper, Kentucky. Uh, we just did Supercar Festival. I got in trouble a little bit. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> be careful. Be careful uh, for these counties, communities. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Everybody wants tourism. Yeah. 
Well, I brought 250 supercars. Yeah. Yeah. Testosterone. That's bleeding, a lot of cars. <laughs> bleeding over. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the organizer, great guy, uh, does a lot of good for kids, helps. They all they all help. They all do stuff because they're car people, like bike people. Yeah. There's a tight-knit group. They just think a little different and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Um, my only suggestion was, well, there's so many of you, let's break up into groups. Yeah. And you all just pick destinations going. Oh, we stay together. Oh, yeah. Well, they stayed together. And... <laughs> 250 flashy Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Porsche GT3s, Lexus LHAs. Wow. Money. Yeah. Big money. Money, money, money. Going down the road, even though they look like they might they might be doing 65. Yeah. What happened? Thanks to technology. Uh-huh. Facebook. Yeah. Calling. Call, call, call. <laughs> I was getting so much people calling me all day because they're reckless driving now I, they showed me their videos where they're doing 70 mile an hour in a 55 yeah uh, but you know the police of course presence is made and all that in one county uh there's a couple tickets wrote and people mm-hmm. like well that's awful that they was they got wrote tickets yeah that's economic development yeah and you know they knew just like me with a helmet non-helmet whatever mm-hmm. they knew like we tell them Follow all state laws. Oh, yeah. If you have a couple of bad eggs that wants to show what they got and they get caught, yep, they get caught. Oh, yeah. You know, it's on them. Um, but that evening, of course, I took, uh, <clears throat> I was the most stressed out I've ever been in my life. Um, you know, and I've been through a lot of stuff was that day because I didn't want to, the communities, the counties, because of a couple yeah. of people, yeah, you know, some imagining some stretching some whatever like we got run off the road Mm -hmm. seen the video you ran yourself off the road but you know uh i never want to blacken the eye because i'm here to help right right uh that program with that that car group it took me two years to build it wow it's it's to build their itineraries and you know make them happy Mm -hmm. where they come and you know blink of an eye it could be that easy Mm -hmm. For people say well you all are doing this for the wrong reason yeah and that's not the case mm-hmm. uh, that night after all that was said and done and i felt you know i felt like a dog and i was talking to people and whatever um we shut down downtown weisberg on main street had a supercar festival yeah kids were sitting in cars wow. and this is my motto is i want people high on cars or motorcycles not on drugs yeah absolutely so i see these these kids and these parents and not knocking them or whatever but some of these parents you could just tell they didn't have much mm-hmm. you know back to reflection of me as a kid right right getting set in a lamborghini the driver I've never even set in a lamborghini starts the engine <laughs> for them tells oh, them to rev wow. it up and tells these kids if you listen to your mom and dad you try in school you might have something like this one day too if you get one kid, yeah, pal, yeah, it flips the switch. I want, I want to be this guy because mm-hmm. I, I mean, back in the early nineties, I had a Saved by the Bell and old Zach. I, want, I always yeah. tend to be the blonde haired guy with the earring. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted a Green Ninja, and I had a Lamborghini poster. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's why I sit there and say I'd like to have that one day. Yeah, how'd I get that? Yeah, never figured it out. By the way, I never, I'll never look like Zach, and I ain't never gonna afford a Lamborghini. <laughs> but uh, it's cool. I can hang out with Lamborghini people. Absolutely, you know. But uh, these kids, man, 
we do these, these events and one thing i can say about the motorsport community is all about the kids mm. period and uh, they're the future they're the future and these guys come in and you know i always tell everybody this and uh, i had a guy uh, multi multi-millionaire his name's david i ain't gonna say his last name right he brought in this 1950s bel air canary yellow is a shell yeah this thing was a bullet wow and he of course has 150 collectible cars and new mm. cars he went to a festival with a group of cars and he ran out of gas the cars left him didn't oh, know yeah. he, you know he didn't have a radio or nothing mm-hmm. most of them by the way in case everybody's wondering that they're passing you or whatever there's a group of them they're running radio so on or that it's clear before you pass it around them yeah they're not just doing it and endangering people right it still ain't right on their end but we do it in the bike world too by doing our hand we raise yeah. our hand yeah clear road come on keep mm-hmm. up you know um but he he's of course side of the road didn't know nobody i went around um he all of a sudden had three trucks full behind him they mm. at that festival What's wrong with it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with it. And uh, they went and got gas, primed <laughs> it, got it running. And he said, I am from South Carolina. I thought I knew what Southern hospitality was until wow. I came here. Wow. People were breaking their necks trying to help me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried to give them money for gas. They wouldn't take it, you know, and yep. all that. And that's where I came up with the slogan. A road sells itself, but her people is the one that makes them come back. Instead of yeah. Appalachian kindness and hospitality. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's very thick here. Uh, Appalachian hospitality, uh, that's just the way people are. Mm-hmm. You know? There's, there's a, it's just a different, I don't know, what would what you call it? Just a different breed of people down here. Yeah. Southern hospitality is huge. Yeah. But, you know, some, um, a little bit more about us, of course, I didn't know where to go, how to do all this. It's amazing how God lines you up with partners. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, we're partnering up with nonprofits like SCED, uh, South, South, Southeast Kentucky Economic Development Cabinet. Yeah. They're all Somerset. Okay. Tal Jones works for them here in this county and five other counties. Yeah. Someone has an idea. Mm-hmm. And in Eastern Kentucky, as you listen to this, this is for you. Okay. Do you know that you can contact SCED and, you know, create a business plan for no charge? They will help you create an online store, a website, no charge. You have a business plan and you have an ideal and you think you can sustain you and make money. Mm-hmm. You present that to them. They'll give you a very, 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 let me one time, very low interest rate loan versus a bank. Wow. For you to become an entrepreneur. And... Mm-hmm. That entrepreneurship becomes again to the big scheme of things of how the state thinks. Yeah. Tax base, <clears throat> census. How do we keep our people in eastern Kentucky? Mm-hmm. We're doing all the key components. If you look in this county here, we have the world's fastest internet in yeah, Jackson we do. County, we Kentucky. Do. That's a big attraction. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you know, what's the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. Is it for us to game and stream online? No. No, it's no, for it's us. Not us to recruit people and get people to stay here and also recruit people to to live a good honest life mm-hmm. low traffic yep you know beautiful and return you're able to make 60 80 hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. 
working at your house from a laptop, your shift. Yep. And uh, that's his purpose. And so SCAD, SCAD, of course, you know, for these kind of identities and things like that, they can help create business model for entrepreneurs well, to become that. That's awesome. Uh, you have other things like other partner versions, shaping your Appalachian region, SOAR. Um, they have all kinds of tools that you can go on their website. If you're in Eastern Kentucky and where you can learn how to do about anything, mm-hmm. they give you the training at no cost for you to go and carry on and do something to contribute to society. Also, unlike, you know, not me now, which some days I wish I was a railroader versus this because yeah. man, I just had to worry about one thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, now I <laughs> Shoo. You know, uh, God, I got to go on that podcast. Yeah, this I don't care about that. But, uh, you know, no. say they use federal prison, you, you have, you know, your role, you know yep. what you got to do. Yep. And people think becoming an entrepreneur or creating something, an entity of either nonprofit, for profit, whatever is easy. I can't imagine it being anything oh, like that. I fought, I fought states uh, for trademark rights. I mean, it's insanity what I've had to do, mm-hmm. you know, because I had somebody try to fight me because we was doing a good job and they wanted their that action, <clears throat> so they went and you know done that. And of course, I'm getting letters from the attorney general's office uh, telling me to cease and desist, and I'm I'm like I got jobs here, I got people to feed. Yeah. What's my rights? And, you know, trademark, people understand, you can't trademark a region. Right. You know, if you want what's up, world, you can trademark that. Yeah. You know, and no one else can ever, if they use it in the podcast or anything you do, they can't ever. So they did that, and, of course, it didn't go through, and we had some battles, and I'm trying to, I help the state. Mm-hmm. I want the best for this state. Yeah. Because I grew up on it on lines of running states. Yeah. And here I am doing these stuff for these states and they're attacking me because of individuals. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm here to help. I'm yeah, not here yeah. to hurt. But, you know, people don't again the entrepreneur side of it, it's just an absolute nightmare, uh, because there's so much that can come at you versus let me go fix this piece of equipment. Oh yeah, I mean you're like you like you've said you are dealing with a lot of big wigs, yeah. and there's a lot of red tape and a lot of laws and legalities you gotta you gotta be aware of. So like me, you know, with that, I was told by a trademark attorney no reason to trademark back rows of Appalachia. Oh yeah, because it's a region. Well, yeah. that he didn't tell me that someone could still do it and cause war with you. Mm-hmm. You know and. Uh, you know, we finally got that all resolved, I believe, and but it cost us money uh, out of our organization because we had to go hire a trademark attorney. We are a nonprofit; we're not a state entity. Yeah, I can't say, "Hey, Daniel Cameron or uh, yeah. Attorney General's office, hey, I got a problem. I, I know Kentucky funds us. Kentucky does awesome stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Can you help me with this? Yeah, ain't gonna help you because yeah. I'm not a state entity. You know, mm-hmm. just like county governments really don't get a lot of help from him. You know, right, right. Um, but that that's hearsay and you know whatever happens with everything like that but always if i knew these tools when i started is where it comes back to yeah these tools are nowhere else in the united states that we have right now in eastern kentucky with source sked yeah. a mountain association i could give you a list of all these organizations that we work with one way or the other mm-hmm. they all are a piece of a pie to help our or citizens or out staters that wants to move here, give them the tools to be able to put brick and mortar in yeah. and employ people. Mm-hmm. 
and you know actually make it right and that's the thing um i really believe eastern kentucky and especially jackson county is on the verge of excellence i wouldn't have moved here if i didn't think so oh yeah um it was a big deal for you to move down here i don't think people may may not realize that that was a big it was a big deal don't tell my wife she listens to this but uh, <laughs> she we appreciate you she, 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 I, I love you honey uh, you know she comes from pike county kentucky a little place called smith smith fork but she left that a long time ago oh yeah you know i left uh flat gapiola kentucky a long time ago for yeah. her to move back here uh yeah, I've, I've took some <laughs> ass chewings, but at the same time, uh, yeah. you know, she believes in what I do enough to, to move here. But if you think of Jackson County, and I'll give some people some tips, it's not illegal to give tips or information. Right. Jackson County, Kentucky is going to become the dominant county uh, when it comes to tourism in eastern Kentucky. Wow, okay. Um, the reason why is the places that's coming into play. Of course, back roads of Appalachia is still headquartered in Lynch, Kentucky. I'll always be headquartered there. That's for yeah. that's that's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a of course a welcome center up here that thinks the Jackson County Physical Court. Mm-hmm. We're going to create a country store. Okay. Mile marker zero on the Jackson County line on on Big Hill. That's going to become the gateway to Appalachia. I got to have a reason and a niche to get people here. Yeah. So if that comes a country store, and let's just say we dig a, a concrete pond, as they mm-hmm. call it, and you put trout in it, and you say, hey, $5, you cook your own trout. We're going to yeah. have local farmers, and you have your fixings. you got to cook it yourself, though. Yeah. People going to come for that. Absolutely. Experience. Right? Yeah. When they get them here, I can send them, just like Lynch, Kentucky. When we get them to Lynch, Kentucky, I can send them into eastern Kentucky. Same thing here. I get the northern traffic here. I can send them south in the, all of Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call mile marker zero the gateway to Appalachia. Yep. Um, the majority of the traffic that we receive as back roads of Appalachia in the past five years has come from the Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana culture. Yeah. That's, we get a lot of southern traffic, but the majority, the biggest umph of economics <laughs> is the north. Mm-hmm. So with that, you also had the first frontier trail system, which is ATV stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson County is the northernmost county that is part of that trail system. That's a state entity, a state tourism, state ATV trail system. Yeah. Uh, there's some counties that decided they don't want to be part of it and they're doing their own. That's cool. Yeah. But the state one will connect to West Virginia. You got the Hatfield McCoy trail system over there. Yeah. It's getting ready to get real. Uh, people's going to be able to leave their vehicle in Jackson County. Somebody's going to need to have a place to leave a truck and trailer Uh uh, where they can ride from Jackson County, Kentucky, into Matewan, West Virginia, Gilbert, West Virginia, all all up the coast, uh, Mm -hmm. almost uh, Richwood, West Virginia, on their trail system. You could take a three-week vacation, two-week vacation. And you could ride every trail system. Well, if you're leaving your camper in your truck or your trail in your truck here, yeah. where are you going to stay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right up there. Wherever, right? Yeah. Airbnbs, right? Cabin oh, yeah. Those Airbnbs. So, They're uh, growing big mm, around here. 82 of them. Are they that many? 82. And Jackson County, uh, with a little bit of a push and a little bit of recommendation from me, yeah, because I work with multiple counties, uh, they, they started and there's a lot of uh, people whatever on it, but a transit tax. Yeah. So a small little percentage of the tax, which is not 
the owner paying the tax. It's the person renting it. Yeah. Goes to the county. Why is that important? Why is the tax important? I'm the last person about tax, tax, tax. Gosh. Right, right. Moving back to Eastern Kentucky from uh, Tennessee is an eye opener. Yeah. It yeah. took a pay cut to come back here. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. but that tax will pay a position of, for tourism to do things with kids, number one, of our local community. Uh-huh. It also pay a role for a director of tourism. It's important when it comes to marketing money and working with the state of Kentucky, you got to have a paid tourism director to receive that money. Okay. If you don't have a paid tourism uh, director, they do not meet the requirements, and they don't have that. Well, how do these other counties have tourism directors? Mm-hmm. They have tax. Yeah. It pays their pay. Mm-hmm. Pays their benefits. Yeah. You know. So, you know, how does how does the lion eat elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. You know, and counties all around are starting to. Uh, this is what I like most is what I see is they're not fighting each other no more. We're not in a high school rivalry. Yeah. And that's always been the problem with our culture, mm-hmm. our clannishness, our yeah. Irish and Scottish descent. Yeah. You're not my family. I'm not going to look out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But, you know, you leave that high school football rivalry mentality away because we have to figure out a way as Eastern Kentucky in the tourism aspect how to keep people here three to five days. Yeah. And if one county's doing it, including Pike County, Boyd County, which is the larger counties with a lot of cool stuff, yeah. they ain't going to be able to keep them here three to five days. If we do, they ain't coming back. They've seen it all. Yeah. yeah. So if we start developing, like with Backroads of Appalachia, First Frontier, uh, these destinational experiences where mm-hmm. they can start here, end here, that's going to be the biggest impact is going to be the start and finish line. It ain't going to be the ones in the middle. Yeah. So there's opportunity in that aspect. Uh, you got the Chateau Trace, which has been here forever. Yep. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the hiking side of things. And some people got mad at me because they asked me about the hikers. Yeah. And my opinion, uh, <clears throat> I don't deal with hikers. I love hikers. Yeah, yeah. But my focus is clear. Mm-hmm. People with motors, disposable income, and likes to throw their money away. Right, right. You know, yeah, they'll spend some money. Yeah, on they them. don't care to throw it down. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them. I'm <laughs> broke. I've always been broke because I'm that guy. <laughs> but um, you know, but we that that's another another cultural hub that could happen is you know really defining this. We're next door to Powell County, mm-hmm. Red River Gorge. We're the yeah. backside of it. Yeah, we got the same rocks to climb. Yeah, we just ain't marketing it. That's you true. Know? And. Uh, Powell County, you might not know this, but you know the number one place for Airbnb rentals in the United States is uh-huh. Powell County, Kentucky. Really? There's more Airbnb rentals in Powell County, Kentucky, than other county in the nation. I did not know that. So think of the money going to that county. A lot. That city. A lot. Yep. You so. think of the the people that's got these big cars and stuff, rally cars and stuff like that. Uh, they'll pay what you what you ask for them. Well, you know, to stay in them. It's like me and you go to Florida. Yeah. You know, okay. I just looked the you, other day. You, you make you make a good living because you're a federal employee. I always made a good living because I was a railroad or union yep. man. Mm-hmm. We we are above average, I would right. say, in the blue collar fields of yeah. this area. And now, I mean, I took a pay cut to do what I do now. Mm-hmm. But I I have a I have I have the infinite or a, you know I just want what's best for my people. Yeah. So I took the pay cut, um, took the benefit loss, took the retirement pension loss, did all that good stuff. Yeah. But, you know, people from Florida are used to paying $250, $300 a night for a hotel. Yeah. 
What makes them want to come here more than that? I can go to Benham Schoolhouse Inn in Benham, Kentucky, which International Harvester built a high school, yeah. and they was competing against there's a non-union town right beside Lynch, Kentucky. They had to compete to get the workers. They didn't yeah. pay them as good. Uh-huh. What did they do? They created a high school, state-of-the-art high school. They paid the teacher the Kentucky wage plus double their salary to get the best teachers here. Wow. Because they wanted them minors' kids to be able to go to college. <clears throat> And, you know, that school has been, of course, owned now by the county, redeveloped, redone. It's called the Benham Schoolhouse Inn. It's Airbnb. You stay in a classroom. They got lockers still. It's such a unique. Black bears running everywhere. That's cool. Yeah, I had a pizza eat last year. Black bears sold my pizza right there on the table. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that experience for $89 a night, you get to go and explore and see all this cool stuff, mine tours, all that, and it costs you $89 a night versus $250 if you go to Gatlinburg. That's pretty attractive. So, you know, got to keep that mentality and still beat the competition. How do you beat it? It'd be a little bit cheaper. They say it'd be that cheaper. Well, yeah. But that's the stuff that we're going, that I see in Jackson County. Um, We are blessed and we have launched it. We're getting ready to set it up for competitors. Rally car racing is something that I have fell in love with. Um, I always thought the bootleggers and the white lightning and all that was the NASCAR. No. Yeah. We were all, our generations before us running liquor was rally car racers. They it were, really was. They wasn't NASCAR guys going around track. Yeah. But we are. It was uh, fishtailing and Model A's. And- <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's what they was Dodges, doing. heavy suspension. <laughs> but uh, outrunning that revenue, you know. Uh-huh. But, um. With that being said, we started, uh, I met a Romanian right when I first started. His name yeah. was Marcel. Uh, I love Marcel to death. Marcel uh, talks like, a, you know, a Transylvania, blah, 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 the vampire. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we came up and started talking, and he did uh, the first rally car race with me ever in the state of Kentucky. And we've always dealt with something called NASA, and there's nothing wrong with NASA. Yeah. Uh, NASA Rally Sport is a lower entry, not the big teams that come. It's grassroots. Mm-hmm. And we started doing NASA Rally events on gravel and asphalt called Tarmac with them. And, uh, you know, it was fun. People had a blast. Uh, you know, our roads are superior than anybody else's. They tell you that all the time. And that got me to with Art Grushka and, you know, Green APU. That got me in conversation with the American Rally Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where Travis Pastrano is at, and Kim Block unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. But that's the level they race in national events. We brought the ARA here. Um, me and Jamie Strong, he's a emergency management guy, good guy, County Judge Gabbard, and mm-hmm. uh, I introduced him to Keith Gabbard. Talk about internet. Yeah. You know, just yeah. because yeah, yeah. you got to, if you got Jack's K, you got to talk to Keith Gabbard. <laughs> yeah. Let him do his deal there. Oh, but, yeah. um, they they said that we, the Daniel Boone National Forest surrounding roads around it, is uh, one of the best roads in the country for rally car racing. Wow. So we got sanctioned underneath the American Rally Association, and we are now the official bodies for Kentucky and West Virginia to do ARA events. Wow. So we can do multiple events throughout the region. Uh, we got to build up our volunteer staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yep. ain't this this uh, rally car race takes a lot of people. I would imagine safety is the number one priority. Gotta uh, we got to have people at any road crossing. We got to have someone there for radio. Yeah, 
they get the they get the experience a Subaru rally car or a Hyundai or a Ford or you know there's one that's a Subaru right now it's got a Ferrari V12 engine in it uh, a Subaru and, yeah and the, there's a Chevy uh, Chevy Sonic I see in Ohio that's running a uh, Z08 Corvette motor oh powered my God. Little, I mean, that's I, ridiculous it come by I heard it I was like what the hell is that this old Chevy Sonic yeah. you know but probably the smallest car oh made God, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't care. I I don't know how they pass the inspection because. Yeah. But with that inspection, we need people to volunteer and really mm-hmm. become more back rows involved because every time a rally car comes in, if it becomes a national event, it's going to be about thirteen million dollars to the county to the region. Gosh. Uh, it will bring people from around the country and not the world. We have been blessed that I was asked to go to Tennessee. Uh, to look at what they're doing, something called the World Rally Championship. Uh-huh. Uh, it hasn't been done in the United States in 37 years. NASCAR, as we know, is falling apart. Yep. Yeah, it is. The Heroes is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you got a bunch of whiny, grown men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, they leave their helmets on and they slap each other. Uh, again, culture of the day. Uh-huh. But... The WRC uh, was wants to come back to the United States because there's certain American-made auto manufacturers that compete in that. Yeah, that wants to be brought back home. Okay. So I went to Tennessee. I uh, was able to observe, and unlike most people that go and private invite observe, of course Appalachian ingenuity. Yeah. Uh, you can call a number for anything you want through the Kentucky statistics uh, on the you find on the internet. Say, hey, how many rooms do I have, hotel rooms do I have in 70-mile radius of this county? Right. In Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio, wherever, I just need a need a range. Yeah. Well, the WRC requires you to have a minimum of 30,000 rooms uh, within a 70-mile radius of where you race. Yeah. Guess how many we got? How many? 30,132. Really? It ain't going to be in Jackson County um, because Jackson County, I feel that, it's wonderful for national events, but mm-hmm. we just ain't got the amount of miles to do a WRC event. Right, right. Um, so it's going to be in another county, but we were in talks. But when I went down there, we sat there with the WRC people. I, of course, introduced myself, and I handed them a photo. Yeah. Had them a photo with the – I had helicopter photos of the land, mm-hmm. had information, had the statistics. I had, the, you know, the wilderness of <clears> Kentucky <throat> – Eastern Kentucky, especially, or state centers, they want it to become the mecca of motorsports. And why in the world would you have a, a WRC event in Tennessee if you got Ford and Toyota that races there, not in Tennessee versus Kentucky? Right. It just don't make sense. Yeah. People say, well, what's the WRC compared to, you know, anything that happens in Kentucky? Let's talk about the Kentucky Derby and multiply it by three. Yeah. International travel. Hmm. Everybody don't know what rally car racing really is in Eastern Kentucky yep. yet. Let me say yet. Um, go go to England. Go to uh, Mexico. Go to like this. Had their ones in Kenya this weekend. Mm-hmm. These people, these corporations, these sponsored uh, organizations will bring build three D model buildings that they fly over. They build their own garages. They build their own towns. Wow. They're staying here for a month. Mm-hmm. In between, which means lodging tax, restaurant food, blah, blah, yep. blah. Yep. They race, and you have all these people from around the world that makes a lot more money than we do. <laughs> yeah. They fly in. Uh-huh. 
They're going to come to Eastern Kentucky, but they're probably going to fly into Lexington or Louisville. Yep. They're going to do the bourbon tour. They're mm-hmm. going to go look at horses. Yep. They're going to come for a race. They're going to, you know, explore our little region before they go back home. That's yep. how you start changing the culture. It is. You know, um, and that's what we're proud to do. We do hill climb racing with the Sports Car Club of America. Um, started that off because I have a board member by the name of Brad Gates. Um, he looks like Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. California feller. Yeah. Um, but he lives in North Carolina, and he's big into hill climb racing, Pikes Peak stuff. He's actually at Pikes Peak right now. Yeah. We had the ideal. Uh, you know, I didn't know Brad. I seen him on YouTube. I called him, and we got talking, and I said, come to Kentucky. Showed him Pine Mountain State Park. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can close this down legally with insurance and a safety plan. We have a hill climb race. Yeah. Let's fast forward. That's three. This is year three. We've done it. Um, Kentucky State Governor Andy Bashir and gave a proclamation out for Motorsports Day because of that. Because it's created so much economic impact from that three day event for the Bell County, Kentucky area. Yeah, that it's starting to change the way of life. I mean, you got the little squares like McKee. You got the square in Pineville. Mm-hmm. You got 150 race cars you got family festival going on you got music going and you know the restaurants are full you get a beer permit you walk out the street with your beer in your hand yep and it's this is fun with fun with cars yeah and uh that's the stuff that we do we're working uh, <clears throat> gonna i can go ahead and do the announcement right now if anybody's listening well yeah drifting we're doing it we're doing it here. Uh, we're actually dropping it tomorrow, volume 10 of Drift Indy. They do, don't ask me. They do volumes, like volume 1 to 12 or 10. That's their year schedule. Yeah. And they make it look like a CD disc. But apparently, okay. you know, with Fast and Furious people back in the day, uh, again, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But I, I'm cool with it as yeah, long as yeah. it brings people to Kentucky. Oh, yeah. You know? But uh, Corbin Arena. We'll be having our first drift festival in the state of uh, Eastern Kentucky. They do it out in Bowling Green at uh, the racetrack there, but nothing. Mm-hmm. No, we don't have a track. Yeah, we have a two point two mile curvy road that goes up to the arena that we set up there in the track, uh, make a track out of that, and also the parking lot. Yeah. And Friday night they're going to be doing uh, downtown Corbin. We're shutting down downtown Corbin. They're going to be police escorted in because they're not all street legal. Right. And they're going to do a festival, uh, and people's going to come from around the country because it's drifting, and that's uh, the younger generational stuff. And they're going to have their drift festival Saturday at Corbin and Sunday uh, right here below where you live. Yep. On four twenty one, we're filming something for next year. It's called the Appalachian Toge series. Ask mm. me what Toge Toge is. What's Toge? Ah, uh, Toge. <laughs> Toge. I don't know. I don't even know how you say it. Toge Toga. Um, think of synchronized swimmers back in the day in the fifties with their the, the women with their little hats. And yeah. They all done their motions yeah. together. Yeah. The same thing is with drifting. It's big in Japan. The only place <clears throat> Toge is done um, in, on a mountain curvy road is in Japan. Okay. And what we're going to start implementing is doing Toga United States all over Appalachia where we legally can close roads and let them drift together. They don't try to pass each other. They're not racing each other. There's no timing involved. It's not even a race. Yeah. It's just Toga. Yeah. 
but their purpose is to stay as close together as possible without hitting each other. Wow. Drifting, which I call controlled chaos. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and doing that, oh but he God. cannot pass him. He's got to stay behind him or her. Yeah. And if he passes or him, they, they pass each other, uh, it's eliminated. They cannot pass. It's the purpose of that. So they actually are trying to win something. They, they are judged of their performance. Okay. You got, okay. you got three judges as the experts and these guys have to have a special license or the drifting. Yeah. Um, that we done went ahead with, uh, drift Indy and us drift and everybody else to up the ante to start a toge drift license. Yeah. Um, People are going to be invited in August. Just, just because you're a drifter, don't mean you're coming to Tollgate. Right. And you gotta, you gotta have years of experience. I would imagine <laughs> uh, before they turn you loose on a mountain road. Because <laughs> yeah. what happens on any mountain road if you uh-huh. go the wrong way? You go down a cliff. Yeah. So, you're going to have the top brass, the top people in the nation, uh, Canada, that will be here with their cars, and they will be doing a filming exercise for Toge for next year. Man. Where we'll have six Toge events throughout eastern Kentucky and West Virginia. <clears throat> we'll split it up equally because West Virginia – what's the difference between West Virginia and eastern Kentucky? Do what now? What's the difference between West Virginia and eastern Kentucky and southwest Virginia? What's that? What Nothing. <laughs> That's what I was about to just say. <laughs> you know, again, as thanks to the Appalachian Regional Commission, please look them up. Yeah. We're about regionalism. We got to stick together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Eastern Kentucky, you know, I don't call Lexington really Berea much. Uh, all that area, that's yeah. that's they got their own enterprises. They they never had coal. West Virginia has always been West Virginia. They're the only state inside the Appalachian region that's an entire state. Yeah, they've always struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love West Virginia people. Yeah, uh, they. They're tough, yeah. crazy. And, yeah. uh, I met the Whites uh, one time. Oh, I thought my that God, was cool. you didn't, did yeah, you? Yeah, I hung out with Jessica White. Man. Watched him uh, dance. That guy. Um, <laughs> and Southwest Virginia is really the same way. Um, yeah. You know, they we've been left behind way too long, mm-hmm. um, forgotten about. And, you know, these towns are drying up. Our people have no hope. Yeah. They have nothing to strive for. And it's like when I was in high school, I was told what to do was get the hell out. Yeah. Leave. Mm-hmm. If you want a life, leave. Yeah. Um, so for us to bring opportunities in that bragging rights, yeah. that's where I'm from. Yeah. I'm, I'm Appalachian. Hell. And uh, people always ask me, well, when are you going to call yourself a hillbilly? I said, well, I don't. Yeah. Nothing wrong with people because of that. But to me, a hillbilly is a derogatory word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what some people are and want to be. And that's cool if yeah. that's what you want to be. Yeah. I'm an Appalachian. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born and bred in here. My family and generations before my family fought to keep this land. They was thrown here because it was free. Yeah. This is where you build your home. And this is what you're going to do if you're going to stay in this country. And I uh, couldn't imagine, you know, things the old Appalachian people had to put up with. Yeah. You know, the old pot to piss in stuff and all that. You always, you ever know about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize that that was really, they they needed a pot to pee in. Yeah. In the winter time, you know? Yeah. Um, but to hear, to hear these stories and, you know, what we were. Mm-hmm. And to now where we're at, which, like I said, in the past five to seven years, there's been a spark. There's starting to be a change. Yeah. 
But before that, uh, it was just very depressing. Yeah. And because Cole was gone, mm-hmm. you know. And, that was uh, a huge hit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, without good-paying jobs, it's like any town around the country, uh, from textiles to cotton to whatever, what happens when the jobs drop? Yeah. Troubles and drug come in. Absolutely. You know, does. depression. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know I listen to you and uh, Beefy's PTSD stuff. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Me as a man, uh, military background and, you know, pretty pretty unique life. Yeah. I have severe PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. For years, I said that as a bunch of garbage and I manned up and went on. Yeah. How did I fix it? Uh, I joked about myself all constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would take the edge off of me and take the, even though I was the front of attention, it made me not be the front of attention. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, alcohol was a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I cope with my demons. Yeah. Until um, my stepdaughter, her name was Hannah, got cancer when she joined the Navy after me. Uh, I had to, you know, I was sitting at a house by myself and. I had two options to continue to be depressed and miserable and anxiety and, you know, her battling cancer and I'm in Texas and I'm here. Yeah. Or I did something about it. So I did something about it. We started something called Ride for Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started raising money from where I'm from, even though I didn't live there. Back in the day of the uh, majority of Eastern Kentucky, you only had one place to go for chemo. And that was Hazard, Kentucky, A-R-H. Well, only place. So people was <clears throat> people. If you're not from around here, you got to understand. Thirty miles to get to a hospital here yeah. is not thirty miles of going down the four lane. Nope. It's a mountainside. It's very different. It's fun as can be if you like motorcycles, but oh, you know, yeah. for daily traffic, uh, it's hard. So we 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 have a, we had a problem of you know of course cancer they come from the water. People say whatever, mm-hmm. but you know you start mining and messing minerals up and you get yep. problems gall bladders gallstones all of it's been proven yep but we started i started ride for hope just for something i could do and um we started raising money for gas cards for people because the eastern kentucky people from the downturn co they were on a fixed income or a very low paying job they're trying to battle cancer yeah they're already losses you know a lot of these people's lives is already in shambles miserable you know, and now they got to worry about paying the electric bill, feeding their kids, or going to get cancer treatment. Yeah. And, you know, we had this conversation beforehand. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do as a grown man that you're going you're gonna to skip cancer to feed the kids? Well, yeah. You know, kids yeah. skip chemo. So we started that, and it really went, it ignited like wildfire until COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, COVID hit kind of really wasn't invited to do it mm-hmm. and uh you know if, again wins win we wouldn't out and don't get me started on covid yeah yeah but uh <laughs> so we see you, know, you, let, that. you let something <laughs> something like that stop you from helping people yeah and because you have a stand uh of course we don't do that no more uh but that was before covid mm-hmm. when we did that and man you want to talk about right then and there that was before backers started. That was before anything. Yeah. I felt my fix of PTSD. I felt my fix to anxiety. Wow. That's amazing. And my fix is to work my ass off mm-hmm. and help others. Yeah. That's what I do. That's uh, great. Medication, 
Let's throw it out. Wow. Um, let's just battle our demons and mm-hmm. just work yourself every day. Till you can't. You, you got to go to bed. Yeah. And get up in the morning and go fight it. You yeah. know. But um, your all's your all's episode. It really is something I don't talk about. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't talk about my my mental problems. And we as an Appalachian culture, people don't get that. We all have problems. Yeah, we do. But I think it's the the depression part and anxiety. How do we used to cope with as Appalachians? Yeah. We made moonshine. We drink it away. Absolutely would. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we done. Self medicate that that's way. Right. And. Um, you know, I used to do the same thing. It's June, of course. It's Men's Month. <clears throat> you know, people don't understand suicide. It is a real thing, especially within veterans and emergency, yeah. emergency people. Mm-hmm. But men has been culturally, and it's it's changing. And you know, I'm not saying we're not men no more. Right. But I was raised not to express my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, military. You don't say you're hurt. You don't say you're yeah. weak. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you... Put a bullseye on you if you do that. That's right. And, you know, so, you know, to hear your all's episode on that, I mean, you know, it's good to hear because people don't... Men, men's the only thing in, in the world that's loved not fully and heartily unless they're producing. That's exactly right. You know, yeah. um, a woman can be loved just for being a woman. Mm-hmm. Dogs love for being a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids are loved for being kids. Yeah. But if a man uh, don't suck it up and do what he's supposed to do, uh, yeah. he, he can lose, lose his affections of life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so. but There's you, inherently pressure on a man automatically. Yeah. Once you hit a certain age, certain things are expected of you. Yeah. You know, and I'm harder on myself than, than anybody Absolutely. is. I'm my worst. I'm my own worst critic. It's a good thing, though, right? It is because it pushes me to do, just like I've told you in conversations in the past. Once I set my mind on something, I pretty well do it every time. Yeah. Uh, and if I, just, well, this podcast, for instance, I wanted to start a podcast, and I wanted to make it just as nice and as professional as I could. Now, given I'm looking to expand and mm-hmm. make it even better and stuff, but. If I hadn't followed through with it, I'd have really hated myself for it. Well, let me ask you a question. Kind of like what I do with backrows. Do you think this mentally helps you with your PTSD? Anxiety? It absolutely does. So It absolutely does. You know, and that's one thing I think, which, I mean, until I met you, I didn't know about your podcast, but I, I try yeah. to listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I like Joe Rogan, but I never listen to it. I watch his little Facebook clips. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's like, I guess you can give him a shout or something. and Oh or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but uh, dude's a maniac. Yes, <laughs> he's out there, dude. Uh, you know, uh, but again, it's cool what he does. But again, hitting self showing on public and his little show doing acid and stuff like that for a podcast for ratings. Yeah, what kind of what kind of example are you really setting? Yeah, you know, he. I mean, he preaches health and wellness and stuff like that, but he's, he goes off the rails sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, um, you know, podcasts, podcasts is a wonderful thing. And, you know, I think that a lot of people, especially me now, I listen to every episode. I've got free time on the road. Well, yeah. I, hell, I like you. You know, yeah. we, I think we got a lot of the same beliefs. I believe uh, we do. You know, um, but I really think that for anyone with PTSD, anyone with anxiety, depression, um, unless it's my wife, which she has some too, and her, I think how she solves her problems is go to Amazon and shop. But, uh, 
which causes more problems. <laughs> Sorry, baby, I love you if you listen to this. But uh, no, I'm, all jokes aside, yeah, I think everyone has to find something they're passionate about. You don't talk about your feelings. Uh, that's up to you. Yeah. But this is your side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe if the person works and does the right things, their side hustle can become their main hustle. Uh, yep. I am proof of that right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, I still, I, I work harder now than I ever did working for the man. <clears throat> yeah. Because just like you said, self-critic. Yeah. This is on my shoulders. Absolutely. How can I do this and what, you know, and there's a lot of things, but at the same time, there's a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment to that. Mm-hmm. I built this. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. this. You know, we're doing this as a team. Mm-hmm. It ain't about Eric. And one thing, if you ever see any kind of news articles or anything about Eric, uh, <clears throat> everybody tries to give me all the praise and highlights. Yeah. No. Uh, we're a team. Well, you know, uh, I – this isn't my podcast. Yeah. You know, it was just my idea. Yeah. It's everybody else's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I try to make people very aware of that, that the only reason that I'm able to keep going is because of the people and them listening and supporting and sharing mm-hmm. on Facebook and getting more members and being heard in different countries and stuff. We're up to 16 now, I believe. What countries? Give me some countries. Oh, let me get pull the list up here. I got it right here on my phone. Uh, pull it up right quick audience uh united states singapore canada united kingdom india australia ireland bosnia herzegovina sweden the philippines mexico france nepal germany new zealand denmark jordan and finland finland the majority of the countries you just mentioned guess what what they're appalachian people oh yeah you yeah. know think about that that might uh, it kind of makes sense you know, you know um I, i've had the ability through my life to go to pretty much every country you mentioned. And one thing I see is if you start really looking, identifying their cultural experiences are different and everything else, mm-hmm. they have, we have their, they don't have ours. Yeah. We have their mentality and their work ethic and all that because yeah. they are the ones that came here and made us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's cool. So we got to do a little fun thing uh, for the Irish and everybody else. I have a saying, uh, don't also on, on social media, don't ever say crazy Irish or Irish bomb yeah. uh, because Irish love to rally car race. Oh, yeah. They're insane. Um, the reason why our roads are so good for motorcycles, racing, car drives, you mm-hmm. know why? Why? They was begin with, they were made by horse and carriage. You had to make the cuts through the mountains for the horse not to be exhausted to get around that mountain. So that's why all of our curves are the way they are. Hmm. And that's an Irish trick. That's how they done it over there. Wow. So the Irish really, the Irish and the Scottish developed the majority of these Kentucky roads because they were the originals here. Well, I didn't so know that. when I do a rally car race, the Irish absolutely love it here <clears throat> because it reminds them of home. Wow. Except we got that's more, cool. We have more elevation. But yeah. if you can do some research on the horse and buggy, yeah. That's the reason why our roads are the way they are, is because that's how they could transport on when before they when they made not the original not paved, but a, a yeah. dirt road. Yeah. The horse couldn't go straight up that mountain hauling the family and supplies. Yeah. It had to have a break, so elevation slow change, not straight up and down like out west. You go through the passes, you're going straight up, baby. Yeah. You know? Man, that's cool. I never knew yeah. that. Yeah. That's so, awesome. 
And Makes perfect sense too. Real quick, what's your favorite Appalachian saying? Do you have one? God, I've got a bunch. Uh, uh, Lord, you put me on the spot. I know a ton and love a ton. Uh, favorite Appalachian saying? Or Lord. song or anything like that. Well, I love Coal Miner's Daughter. You know, that's an awesome song. I love that song. Uh, bless his heart. Bless, bless, <laughs> that's an Appalachian heart. thing. You're good to go if you say that. You talk bad about anybody, you say that. Oh, so. <laughs> you say the most horrible thing in the world. As long as you say bless his heart, bless her heart after that, you're good. The first thing I ever remember <laughs> saying, and actually remember having it as a knowledge base to, to repeat it back, yeah. was an old uh, folklore where I come from, and my wife hates it when I say it. And especially if you get me a couple of extra bottles of water in me. Yeah, yeah. I'll get out there and really start doing it. But uh, I had a little chicken. Say it after me. I had a little chicken. That wouldn't lay an egg. That wouldn't lay an egg. So I poured hot water up and down its leg. So I poured hot water up and down its leg. That little chicken cried. That little chicken cried. That little chicken begged. That little chicken begged. That little chicken laid me a hard-boiled egg. That little chicken laid me a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> So that, uh, yeah. that's my earliest memory of being able to say something back because it became from the elders of the yeah. little communities there. What's the cool story of uh, Jackson County of uh, some something unique that I don't know about? Uh, let's see. Well, I don't know if this is true or not. A lot of people will swear that it's true, and a lot of people will swear that it ain't true. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's here tale, tales of – the cornbread mafia you ever heard about that or anything like that actually we we went in partnership with a guy for a while and he made cornbread mafia shirts for us oh yeah 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 there's a lot of tales about it and i don't know i know a little bit about it but it's always been an old fable around here and stuff that there was give me some give me some i know a little bit about it, but they might not have you ever well, talked about it I, i've not talked about it on the podcast no but i mean uh, within jackson county i mean you hear that there's there's skeletons at the bottom of Beulah Lake up here tied to center blocks and stuff. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I yep. wouldn't doubt it because the, them days back then, you know, people was a totally different breed of human being That's back right. then. You had your own court. Yeah, you did. You know, you had county justice. That's I right. mean, people took care of their problems a different way back then. And uh, I, I always heard that. Uh, I, I ain't going to say this guy's name. He's not with us anymore, sadly. But uh, I was uh, pretty wild back in my no, younger days. Not yeah, me. pretty no. wild, drunk quite a bit, mm. got in a lot of fights and stuff. And uh, I was having some problems with a couple old boys a long time ago. And uh, we went at it, you know, pretty often, you know, a little fist fight here and there and stuff. And this guy walked up to me and he said, what's going on, Danny? You know, you, I see you fighting these guys all the time. And I'm like, hey, you know, it's a weekend thing. Mm -hmm. And he, <laughs> he's serious as a heart attack. I believe that he meant every word he said. He said, give me $500. He said, you'll never see him again. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, well, hang on this matter. That would been a nice investment now, wouldn't it? I'm sure they're doing wonderful things with their lives still today if they're alive. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Dingus Tunnel? Dingus Tunnel. Dingus, West Virginia, on the Kentucky border. I have not heard of that. So everybody needs to look it up. We actually have this trail called Tunnels Run. It's a 1.1-mile single-track road now. It used to be a train tunnel. Mm. 
Um, now if we work with the Dale Barton fire to volunteer fire department. They get paid money every time I bring a, a group in yeah. and they legally close the road down right way. Cause oncoming traffic mm-hmm. and you ain't never heard no better music than a Porsche GT three at 12,000 RPM going through a tunnel. I imagine so. But the history of Dingus tunnel, uh, back in the days of slavery and all that, it's a, it's a, again, a kind of a. Something to talk about, but it's, you know, again, Appalachian. Mm-hmm. Um, the African-Americans escaping slavery would get on them trains, co-trains, mm-hmm. and they would get out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the same people, the Battle of Blair Mountain. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I may have heard need, of that. You need to look into it. It's yeah. an awesome story uh, how the federal government, and they're not paying their miners, and these men stood up because their families was dying, and they fought the government. They dropped bombs on them with airplanes, and they, wow. they whooped the government. Really? Appalachians whooped the United States Army. I'm going to write that down. Battle of Blair Mountain. The Battle of Blair Mountain. Mm-hmm. i got to read that. Cause it's a good sounds one. Sounds awesome. Good YouTube series on all that. But these same people, you know, was trained in World War II and Korea, or it was actually the World War II era, they set up there for people escaping. They would pick them off on top of the train. There's more. There's more bones that could be found right there in Dingus Tunnel, West Virginia, than about anywhere. Really? Yep. People escaping. And Dingus Tunnel, West Virginia. Yep. Need to look that up. Down. Another thing uh, where I'm from, which is on the Kentucky Virginia line, um, I can't remember. Is Ned Rock? I think what it is. Oh, folklore. You can look it up. Um, guy had twelve or thirteen wives. Oh, yeah. And he lived in a God, he got to town. He yeah, I couldn't imagine. I feel sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been a rooster, but uh <laughs> you know, the I always heard the story, but there's there's proof on it now. You can look into it and I can see the link. But mm-hmm. um the people ran him out and he had a cannon. They tried to get him because he had witches. They was all witches oh, yeah. thought. And they would try to run him out and smoke him out and he'd fire at old Civil War cannon at him. Yeah. And this is my people, my family that, you know, uh, that air, and they just disappeared all of a sudden. Hmm. Don't know what happened to them, but that's wow. just cool stuff. Black, that, that black, black cool. cats. Y'all ever have black panthers or anything up this way? I've I've never seen one myself. I've read on Facebook and yeah. stuff, people seeing black cats and stuff around up here. When are you going to do a Bigfoot segment? We've talked about it. I know a guy that swears up and down he saw one. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get up with him yeah, on here. That's good. Yep, he's over on the New Zion in the New Zion area, yeah. I believe it's where he said he saw it at. So I think I think really uh, you can really get into you know history of this and the cursed, mm-hmm. cursed the damned. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. There's these mountains from all the other countries and things that I think there's a lot of mysterious mm-hmm. entities, and I've coming across a couple of my life yeah i mentioned one i think a couple episodes ago that i saw one time yeah so that's what people understand about appalachian culture versus everywhere else is that you got a pot full of people that you know came together Mm -hmm. uh, to survive yeah and these cultural changes was good and bad yeah uh and you know there's a lot of witchcraft that that can be proven um, mm-hmm. that took place in this area. Yep. Uh, the trees and all that good stuff and all the signs. Uh, you can start hiking, walking, and uh, see signs if you know what to look for for yeah. witchcraft areas. And you can just tell, you can feel in your bones. You get It gets cooler. 
Oh, I felt yeah. that before. You know, I've definitely felt that before. So one last thing, and I'll be done. Chestnuts. We know about chestnut trees in Appalachia. Not much, to be honest with you. Write that down. Look it up. Just what chestnuts, chestnuts. in Appalachia? Chestnuts. Chestnut trees and chestnuts. <laughs> okay. I, I I happened to find up on this research on this, and not research a story, and I, I it was a podcast. I uh, can't remember the guy that done it, and it got me intrigued. And I started looking into it. How did the Appalachian people before coal survive? Oh. Chestnuts. Oh, yeah? Chestnuts provided everything. Chestnut trees provided everything they needed to survival. I've never read about this. The chestnuts would fall. They all had stained hands, stained feet. Yeah. They'd sell off the chestnuts for for food entity, I guess. You yeah. Know? The trees, whenever they would die or get ready to die, they would cut them up. They started using them for poles, for fencing, for their livestock, for their houses. Yeah. Can't kill it. You can't destroy a chestnut. It's like a locust. It's easier to cut. Okay. But you can look into the eastern Kentucky and the chestnut trees. And how many chestnut trees do you see around anymore? Not many. I had this, I had this conversation with Jamie Strong the other night. We've seen one. First one I've seen in years. Oh, yeah. There on a... Wild Dog Road. Okay. I don't know where that's at. And, uh, you know, but it's just truly astonishing if you figure out what was before code because people don't talk about that. I'm guilty of it myself. You know? I've never even thought to think about yeah. it. So before code became a big thing, and, you know, I'm sure people still utilized it to warm their house and stuff back yeah. in the day. Um, how did people survive? What did they do? I ain't never thought you about know. that. That's crazy. And if you ever watch the Waltons, there's, yeah. there's a lot of chestnut stuff that goes on even in North Carolina with the Waltons. What about that? So it's just little stuff that I've always been a curious person. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of trouble for asking too many questions. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think it's very vital that <clears throat> we work on our and and capture and learn as much as we can from our heritage because without our history we'll never be able to build our future that's true and i agree with that you know but i think uh we've been on here a long time people probably sleep when they watch this what do you think <laughs> oh they can hit that pause button and start it back up that ain't no trouble that's the great thing about a podcast yeah you know you start it up anytime you get a free moment that's all you got to do favorite sport what's your favorite sport as a podcast guy <sighs> Oh, I'm a big UFC guy. I like UFC. You like to slap Stan out? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why Dana White got into that. It's because it's the number one growing sport in the history of the world. That is true. And I know why. Because yeah. people love to sit there and hate on it. More yeah. like I know I do. But I... I can't get into that. <laughs> I cannot get into it. Since you mentioned the famous Dana White, which I've got to meet a couple of times. Oh, yeah? Uh, he's a cool dude. Uh, very smart. Um, oh, he's a genius. Who's going to win if Elon and Mark fight each other? Yeah. For charity, they're saying. Uh, is that a, like a real thing? Dana White, I watched his, YouTube, or I watched his video today. Uh, he was on Fox. Uh, I saw something about it on Twitter. Yeah, he was on Fox, and he said that they are serious. That uh, Elon called him out. Mark called Dana and said, uh, if he's serious, I'll do it. And Elon said, absolutely. And oh, they're, my They're going to go at it. So Man. apparently Mark's some kind of karate guy or something, right? The guy over Facebook? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. I guess. He, he bans me all the time. I don't, Elon, at <laughs> least Twitter, I don't understand he's Twitter, but I like Elon because I can say 
what I want to say. I've heard that Mark Zuckerberg is a big, uh, what's it called? I'm going to butcher this to death, capoeira guy. <laughs> it's the art of dance fighting. Uh-huh. I've read a little bit about it. I don't even know if I'm saying it the right way. And uh, also, he's a, he's a brilliant Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, I believe. I don't know if uh, if I uh, uh, Elon. Elon's got any kind of kind of kind of skill. So, as bad as I hate to say it, I'd I'd probably have to put my money on old Zuckerberg. I'm going with Elon. I say he's a he's an OG badass. Is yeah. my guess. I know a lot of people out there that's listening is going to be like, God, I can't believe Danny put money on his one of his <laughs> biggest enemies. Hey, Elon, go but I got to go with who I think will win. Go for the throat. <laughs> period. You know. Yeah. Uh, real quick story on on you know. Chinese and karate and jiu-jitsu and all that. Yeah. There was a guy I was on the boat with. His name was Don. Yeah. He was uh, Vietnamese or something. And he always talked about that karate Jackie Chan stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, me and him, of course, down there, we was all in the engine room and metal decks, steam, mm-hmm. hot. Yeah. He kept on, you know, I kick your ass. I kick your ass. <laughs> I said, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. So we threw down 100 bucks, and, you know, we going to go at it. Yeah. Well, he thought, you know, he got in that, whoa, uh, that uh, yeah. he's like five foot three. Here I am, a six foot four Appalachian. Yeah. I, that's like a fly biting me. <laughs> so, they, oh, sorry. Right. They, they cut us loose, and here we go. I charged him, and I was just going to grab him and Goldberg him back in the day, WWF. <laughs> yeah. That little feller, he caught me with his foot right in my throat. Oh, wow. And, son, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do nothing, and he hit some pressure point on my neck yep. that crippled me. Yeah, I know that pressure point. I respect no Don from that day on. I mean, we was always good buddies and all that, but he had a four probe, didn't have a license because he, oh, yeah. uh, he was getting his citizenship during the military. Yeah. And we was uh, in his old junkie four probe, and I was I was driving because he didn't get caught without a license. He yeah. couldn't get a license because he didn't have the stuff to be a citizen. Yeah, he's just in the military. And uh, I'll never forget, man. I always watched uh, what was Shanghai Noon and all that. Jackie yeah, Chan, that was Jackie Chan, and, you know. uh, yeah. We had somebody kind of get road raged at us. Oh yeah. And this car was it was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm driving it, and we got a red light. Don got out with his pistol there in downtown Norfolk, Virginia. Wow. Started shooting in the air. Oh, man. And these people behind us went around. And I said, I'm going to jail. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he, yeah. he, uh, that was, Dome, Dome didn't play. I don't know happened Dome, but, yeah. uh, you know, he he definitely had karate stuff. It was a very interesting thing. I guarantee it. So, um, never did learn nothing. I'm sure you did what you did. <laughs> um, I, I, I ran wrenches and things like that, shooting shotgun, yeah. military. I wasn't no mm-hmm. firefighter like that. I respect yeah. the guys that did all that. Why, yeah. Um, but, I don't know. What else you got? But I don't know if uh, if there's anything else you got, we'll get into it. If not, we'll go for a part two maybe one day. Part I'll definitely have you back on here. I don't know about that. I ain't, I ain't no beefy. So, <laughs> uh, But, you know, ultimate goal, of course, with the rally car racing and everything that we do is just to uh, attract people. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I can tell it. Um, you, you heard a phone call, which I didn't have good signal down here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I never thought in my wildest dreams that Lance Smith, owner of Vermont Sports Cars, which makes all the race cars for around the world, mm-hmm. is driving to Berea, Kentucky. I try to offer him to stay at my house. I guess we know each other now, but I guess we don't know each other that good. Yeah. I was trying to save man hundred bucks, hundred thirty bucks, stay here tonight. But yeah. I guess if you're a millionaire, it wasn't really matter, you know. But uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd stay at his house. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But um, who would ever thought that someone with the Dana White? Let's go back to Dana White. Something yeah. I forgot when I got on Elon. What else is Dana White on now? Do you know? Uh, yes. What is it? I know. It, I know what it is. You'll have to remind me. I know it. Natural Cross. Yes. Yes. Natural well, Cross. What's Natural Cross? Uh, it's a uh, um, motorbikes, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Electric cars. Oh, is it electric cars? Electric okay. cars and gas, but electric's the premier one. It's a motocross track that met um, auto cro- autos. Um, oh, okay. Rally so I was cars. About a half right. <laughs> they have. They had a baby and hello, uh, you know, natural cross, which Travis Pastrano owned it. Okay. Uh, Dana White just bought it. Oh. So Oklahoma just happened. Well. Who thinks builds them cars? Yeah. Lance Smith. Yeah. He is the That's man. Huge. I don't know if people's – God, you all listening need to really let this sink in how big a deal this is. That's huge. So Lance is coming down for two days, not just for, you know um, – he's looking at potentially developing and building a factory in eastern Kentucky because we have the terrain. Mm-hmm. He don't have to haul his car somewhere to test because it costs a fortune. Yeah. What if you have a facility that you can build something and, you know, people don't think think really about prototypes. Yeah. In the world of cars, race cars are the prototype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, R&D. Yeah. Uh, so, what if Lance likes what he sees? We all of a sudden have the potential <laughs> of, uh, of anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky, we're building and hiring our local people. Yeah. To learn how to become electrical engineers, whatever, for hybrid, for electric cars, because you like it or you don't, it's coming. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, uh, I, I don't. I think they're awesome if you're in a city and you ain't driving more than 30 miles. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're up here, you better haul a generator with you uh, for yeah. now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But what if we could have our local citizens, local people actually having the ability to make high paying wage mm-hmm. with the most advanced technology in the automobile industry. It's life changing. It is. And he's also come and look at multiple roads with me. He's going to spend three days with me. Um, I get to be his chauffeur. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be going looking at different counties for different mm-hmm. potential for all kinds of motorsport events. Mm-hmm. Lance has connections with the world, not just the United States. Yeah. Talking already about doing a classic car rally. People just like NASCAR or these older legends of rally car racing, again, United States, not that that's there, but it's not yeah. whatever uh, because the NASCAR <clears throat> kind of trumped it. But there's potential for us to start doing classic car rallies uh, rally car racing here. Yeah. And that means that these cars will have to be shipped over here, mm-hmm. fly over here. Yeah. People coming over here. Yep. I just need a hundred miles of gravel road, man. It yeah. ain't rocket science. Mm-hmm. And we can start giving experiences and destinations. These, the Irish, 
<laughs> who wants to come here because it's Ireland. Yeah. Skills is yep, a higher elevation. And, you know, um, and, and go from there. And I think that's just the coolest stuff ever. That, that's amazing. It know. really is amazing. I don't, I mean, I really hope people grasp the, the, just how huge that is. It's really big. You want to tell, uh, are we allowed to talk about it? You want to talk about what potential we might be getting into? If you want to, we'll hit on that. So I haven't said a word about that. Well, you know, I, we try to make people mad or whatever. Um, I met Danny. What, what was that? It was down there at the community it, center. It's for federal government and yeah. all that good stuff. That's where me and you I first seen met. this tattooed feller sitting in the back. <laughs> He kind of looked like my people, and yeah. I was like, oh, I better go back. We kind of gravitate yeah. to each other. <laughs> yeah, so I went back here and talked to him, but, uh, of course, I found about his podcast, and I started listening to his podcast, and, you know, <clears throat> I think Danny has a lot of the same concepts and ideals I have, but mm-hmm. through AmeriCorp Vista, uh, please look them up if you haven't. AmeriCorp Vista is an amazing program set aside for a government for people that's graduating college. Mm-hmm. or an expert or somebody that has a uh, potential to do something as a volunteer service. Yeah. Uh, you can volunteer and you receive a small stipend for your efforts, but you know, I have something on my mind and I know there's all kinds of projects out there, um, you know, for doing things, but we wanted to create something called Appalachian table tales. Yep. The stories, my great grandmother, my granny, and the, they're going away. Yeah, unfortunately, because they're the greatest stories in the world. Great. That's what built America, the backbone. Yeah. So with Danny, uh, we had some conversations, and I would love to have this podcast as well, but Danny, to help with us when I find these elders and Danny finds these elders, is to create an Appalachian table tale kind of thing where we can collect their stories for the public to hear, but also a database for everybody to hear these stories because they're not written down. Right, right. Let's get it from these legends, these heroes, mm-hmm. uh, and let's let's build on that. And hopefully, one little sentence out of that conversation, some youngin might hear it, and you know, always have yeah, that absolutely. in their mind and make them drive a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, I appreciate you. Appreciate Mary Court Vista. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a great opportunity. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, like I said, I've, I've not mentioned it, not talked about it, but I really appreciate the opportunity from both AmeriCorps Vista and you. Uh, I, I'm excited. I'm ready to get with it. I think you're the perfect guy. Uh, you make me feel comfortable. And, uh, I mean, I, I see pistols and <laughs> yeah. the AR. What is that? Uh, uh, uh well, that's it's a M4 maybe. Is that M4? I believe it's M4. Got M4s laying around and <laughs> bicycle and treadmills. I mean, shoot, this is this is a compound. You, yeah, you got some liquor behind you. Yeah, you can lock you can lock yourself in here. Yeah. If somebody comes in, they're going to be in trouble, but you can stay in here until you run out of liquor. Yeah. And yeah. you can lose about 25 pounds working out. <laughs> You're sweating out of you or something. You can be the hamster down here (laughs) and podcast all the time. So, yeah. But all jokes aside, man, um, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate what what I know of you so far, what you've done for your community. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your backbone. Thank Um, you. That's something people don't have much no more. Stand for your rights. Stand for what you believe in. Absolutely. Be damn with uh, what people think about it. Um, You know, because ultimately it's about. 
what God gave you the intelligence and the and the spine to do mm-hmm. and stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. And that's what our great nation's built upon. Absolutely is. So don't never don't never stray from that if anybody's listening to that. Uh, yeah, uh anybody that knows me fairly well will tell you that I, I'll never sell out. I'll never get it give in to anything. If I believe a certain way, I'll believe that till the day I die. Favorite song ever right off the bat for that. Oh God. <laughs> uh, it's by a five finger death punch. Are you a five finger? Yeah, yeah, I'm. A, I'm a fan. He, he's uh, he, bad company. Five finger, or are we going more in depth? Uh, I like both versions of it, you know. But I'm a big five finger death punch fan. He's a veteran, yep. stuff like that. He's a big patriot and everything. What is the name? Fight? Is it fight song? The way of the fist. The way of the fist. Yeah, the way of the fist. Well, I have two. Love that. I have two. I have saliva, saliva uh, click, click, boom. I love that song. And uh, of course, old Mr. Tom Petty. Uh, went yep. back down. That's for song. Yeah, you I know? like that. And uh, I like it. We're a lost good man and Tom Tom Petty. Yeah, so, buddy. You know, but the integrity. Uh, I'll say this, and then we'll I'll shut up. But integrity is something that is lacking in a lot of people. I feel like, and uh, you know, just like I said, uh, anybody that knows me, the people that I work with, they'll tell you that I'll tell you what's on your on my mind, whether you like it or not. I can tell you're an asshole. Yeah. That's why I like you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I just am. I don't, I, if you get mad at me for me telling you the truth, you shouldn't have asked me. You know, with that, <laughs> with that, my wife, her name is Brooke. She's, yeah. a, she's, I don't know why she was attracted to me. She's way out of my league. Uh, I'm saying, I'm in the same and, boat. Uh, you know, but sometimes I can't stand her. Yeah, yeah. That's part of marriage. She, well, but a little bit further. She don't get always, yourself in trouble uh, now. She, You'll have she, to come, you and him will have to come I, stay here. That's what the plan is. I got a place to stay. I got Maker's Bar. Shoot. But no, all jokes besides Brooke. Brooke makes me a better person who I am, and I can't stand it at the same time. Oh, she yeah. tells the truth, yeah. the cold, blunt truth, and to me and to anybody else. Yeah. And there ain't no sugarcoating it, no nothing. And she's the most judgmental person, but she makes you she makes me so mad because I'm I'm the guy that you know majority of the time I'll stand my ground, but I'll pussyfoot around it. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I got you. Yeah. And I, I you know that's just who I am. I don't like confrontation. Right. So if I'm on confront, I'm I'm kind of the art of war kind of guy. There's mm-hmm. there's other ways to confront versus verbal. You know. Right. And, uh, but honey, that woman there, she is the bliss. Oh yeah, she does not sugarcoat nothing That's to nobody. Awesome. No, it's not awesome. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm of course a critic on it. But yeah. <laughs> you know, I respect her for that. At the same time, I was like, can you tone it down. Oh, if a congressman right now. Oh let's, yeah, let's yeah. Tone this down. Don't yeah. don't talk about your opinion to this guy. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. But uh, well, there is a time and place for every conversation. That. She don't know. Now that. I do get that. Yeah. I got that part. So she got by. She's like opening up a can of mayonnaise, son. Once oh, yeah. it's open, you got to eat it. Yeah. You know, So uh, that's my type of person. I, I do, man. I like. <laughs> I like a person that tells me what they're thinking. Uh, I, I've never. You been know really, where you stand with people. Yeah, like that. I've never. My family. Uh, you know, um, bless their hearts and stuff. Saying, but. It, I mean, we're we're a clannish and confrontational, you know, we'll center ground, yeah, but not raw, yeah. 
that yeah. Brooke and her family from Smith Fork, Kentucky, Pike County, that family only knows one way, and that's the straight right through the wall way. Oh, yeah? And, uh, boy, I tell you, she gives me – I got my hands full of that woman. That's but awesome. I love her to death, yeah. you know? My wife literally saved my life. I guarantee you. I, uh, I'll, I'll speak on her a little bit. Me and my wife have known each other our whole life. She works at the prison, too. It's kind of weird that we both ended up at the same place. Uh, but uh, Y'all work same shift? or No, well, she works day shift in the hospital. Okay. And I work of the night uh, as an officer. But I've literally known her my whole life. We dated twice before. She broke up with me because I was too mean. She thought I was into some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, this last time, buddy, she, she saved my life. Okay. Really did. How long y'all been married? God. <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> Uh, twelve years. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go per- with twelve. Perfect answer. I'm gonna go with twelve. <laughs> they won't. They won't listen this long into it. We're good. Yeah, it may, so, may not. May not. You got two sons. Two boys. Twin. Twin boys. Nine twin year boys. old. And I heard a story. Uh, you know about them being premature, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, They're uh, walking, talking miracles. My boys are good. And yeah. I'm sure you don't take that for granted. <laughs> God, they're spoiling the day. <laughs> well, mine. Uh, I teach them the right ways, though. I was. Uh, I have one biological daughter. Yeah. Her name is Gracie. She's the apple of my eye. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my wife. Uh, she she does some trouble again. <laughs> Stepmom. Mm-hmm. You know how she portrays her, how she needs to be, and of course that's my that's my girl. Yeah, yeah. let her be who she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And we ain't gonna tell her how to fix her hair. Or right. Whatever. And, you know, my biggest thing is I've always spoiled her because I felt guilt. Yeah. Um, when I got divorced uh, from her mama, um, it just, we wouldn't, it wasn't a marriage. It was whatever, you know, um, it just, it wasn't real. Right. I got tired of playing the game. Yeah. You know, and the hardest thing for that for me, though, was my child to see her emotional <clears throat> distress. Yeah. She had it made. She yeah. had that big lake house. She had that, you know, the stuff, the materialistic. But she was, she even though she didn't know me and her mom, she thought we were family. Yeah. And one of my greatest mistakes was, you know, I regrets as a man is <coughs> sucking it up, mm-hmm. you know, until she was older. Yeah. Um, but it caused some emotional stress from her. And that's where I started really thinking more about my inner being uh, was that situation. Yeah. But Gracie, um, some of the fights we've had, um, she, I didn't make her work. Okay. She's in high school. Yeah. I was able to provide, here's this, that, that. Yeah. You got to work the rest of your daggone life. Yeah. All I want you to do is do good in school. Mm-hmm. You do good in school, I, I don't expect you to work. Yeah. Well, she just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. She went to work at Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. And, you know, first month on the deal, I said, that's my girl. She became employee of the month. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, that's my girl. That's you know? awesome. Uh, the other one, uh, Mr. Tucker, uh, Brooke's son, I was, you know, um, not going to get into details about things, but yeah, yeah. dad was a piece, piece of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad was in some bad situations. Uh, we, I ended up adopting Mr. Tucker. Um, okay. You know, I became dad, not stepdad. Yeah. But Tucker is a lot like Brooke. It drives me crazy. He's a gamer. Yeah. I buy him a dirt bike. I 
four-wheeler, trying to make him be more like me. Yeah. He's on mama too much to get away, and hopefully, Tucker, if you do hear this, uh, <laughs> I, t- I always tell him when he gets the hair on his chest, he's going to man up with me and get yeah. away from his mama. Yeah. But, uh, you know, these kids is really what we have, and that's their legacy, <clears throat> and that's one thing I'm starting to understand. Yeah. don't matter how much money you got. It don't. It don't matter what you've accomplished with your life because mm-hmm. you're going to be a blink of a black and white piece of paper and obituary you're going to be replaced. Yep. You know, the only thing we have as a society, as Appalachians, as people in general, is the passing of our legacy. <clears throat> and, Absolutely. And instilling integrity, morals, and values. Absolutely. So... I think that's a good spot to end right there. That's awesome. Everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in to the What's Up World podcast. And thank you, Mr. Hubbard, for stopping in. And uh, Who's your sponsors? Uh, Whistle Stop Express. Well, we, they're sponsoring us right now. Uh, uh, the other one is A&J Deals up there in St. Gap. You can right up in uh, – What's A&G, what, what is A&J it? Deals. Is that the feed store? No, no it's uh, right across the road from the Chicken Hut there in San Gap. San Gap has a chicken? Are you talking about the... Um, the little Frosty It? Frosty Everybody it. calls them Chicken Huts around oh. here, but yeah. Dude, right hold on, we got to go. The- we, hold on, I got one more thing. <laughs> Let's talk about the Frosty It. Oh, yeah. Do you, you eat there a lot? Yeah, I, not a lot, but when I do, it's good. When we were building our house, yeah. there's a place in Pound, Virginia called Robo's that makes a million dollars a year. Yeah. It's on the main US 23 uh-huh. off of hamburgers. Yeah. The Frostyette is better than Robo's. Hey, you can't eat much better than the Frostyette up there. And the Chicken Hut in McKee is good, too. I never can see them open. I try to eat them uh, all the time. The Chicken Hut, actually, down here in McKee, just posted that they're catering now. Awesome. And they put a big picture of... Uh, Fried chicken and tater wedges on there. Man, it looked Where good. Where they get their chicken from? I do not know. Hmm. Frosty at. Frosty at. Let's go. Real quick. <laughs> so my wife, uh, she's a bougie kind of woman. She, she yeah. you know, she's that kind of gal. Right. Um, and that's okay. I, well, yeah, they nothing wrong with I, I fell in love with her the way she was, and I knew I was in trouble with my wallet, but it is what it is. Yeah. We stopped at the Frosty at because we were starving when we was building our house. Yeah. What? wasn't there ain't a whole lot going on in San Gap. Ain't yeah. a whole lot going on in Jackson County. No. So I, I said, this ain't going to be good. You know, I mean, that's my kind. That's what I like to eat. Oh, yeah. That kind of hole in the wall places. Yeah. For $2.75, you get a BLT yep. with Duke's mayonnaise. Duke's. The Duke's. Not the other kind. Yeah. The real mayonnaise. Yeah. But you, we, I think we had six dollars in cash because they don't take card, and I, yeah. you know, we're not gonna get detailed, but they're slick. I'll give them that. Yeah. Um, but for six dollars, I think it was five dollars and forty three cents. We had a couple of drinks, uh, two BLTs, mm-hmm. and we. Where else can you go? Anywhere you can't, you can't go to Taco Bell now. And eat you for under twelve. I bucks. went to Taco Bell today when we was up in Richmond, and it was like twenty some dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really good food, too. So, the Frosty Act, guys, come and see us on US 421. Mm-hmm. Come over to Jackson <laughs> County. I promise you, probably fall in love with it and buy you some land. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, There's especially a lot of sale around here right now. Too. Oh, yeah. And it's going to go higher and higher. Yep. The time to invest is now. But if you do 421, if you download the Backroads of Appalachian mobile application, mm-hmm. look up the co-train, US 421. Yep. That'll take you from Richmond, Kentucky to Harlan County, Kentucky, Bloody Harlan, Justified, all that good stuff. Yep. But Frostyette, 
is a place to stop and eat. Yeah, On the is. way, when you get to Manchester, Kentucky, the number two place in the country to eat a hamburger. You I'm going to say, say if you're thinking what I'm thinking. What you, what you, it's ranked number two in the country. Is it? Like officially? Yeah. Okay, what are you talking about? Pat's. Oh, yeah, Pat's. Yeah, Pat's Bar and Grill. Uh, yeah. Famous Pat's Bar and Grill. Yeah. Super good food. Yeah. But, uh, Super good food. But, you know, we got you covered for lunch and dinner. Yeah. We got you, in the, you know, on the way for you to stay on 421 alone, you're going to be blown from away. From across the two paths, is, there is no right turns, no left no, turns. No, can't mess it up, can you? No, you can't. So, uh, but Frostyette, got to try it. Um, yeah. I'll go ahead and put a thing out. If you tell me on Backroads Appalachia, you stop to show me a picture of your Frostyette, yeah. uh, I'll pay your tab for you. I'll reimburse you money. Oh, that's but, big. So, um, but, you know, I would also like to talk about we will sponsor uh, your podcast some way, somehow. Oh, okay. Uh, I just think it's cool what you do. Well, I appreciate and, that. And uh, keep it Appalachia. Keep it real. Yeah. I appreciate you. Appreciate everything you're doing for the community and for the region. And it's all good stuff. People really should be excited about this. We'll see what happens. No, we'll do. Well, so who's your next podcaster? Uh, we're having uh, we're having uh, Zachary Williams on tomorrow. And that's Southern Kentucky Off-Roading? Yep, Southern Kentucky So I listen to their podcast. I know we got to go because I, I, I am a son of real about his preacher. <laughs> I'll talk all day. Um I like some things I heard on their podcast. Yeah. If you're going to act a fool, we got babies around here. Yeah. They got children yeah. with us. Yeah. And a lot of your off-roading stuff, and I've been way too guilty. I have to. Hello's kicking chicken, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I love the what they're trying to do mm-hmm. and keep it family-based. And if you want to act a fool, go somewhere else. Absolutely. Them's a good group of men. They right sound there. like it. What was the dad's name? Rick. Rick. I think his name was Rick. Yeah. He was a super good guy. Yeah, Rick don't take no bull. I no, tell. you could tell when he swung that mic around and he put he stepped up to that mic, I was like, All right, this is a real yeah. deal right here. Yeah, he, he kinda got like a, a little bit of an Appalachian John Wayne sound. Yeah. He's one of them guys that let me word this right without <laughs> saying something really bad. He's just one of them guys that you might think have a couple Bodies under his belt. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, we need more of them. I mean, that's what that's my type of people. That's right. right. They, they was awesome guys, and uh, Zach, like I said, he's gonna be back on tomorrow. Awesome. Well, tell Zach and him hello, and uh, for them also for the world to hear uh, on our mobile application, we started GPX files for off roading. Awesome. As for uh, uh, overlanding of jeepers and adventure bikes, and. We're going to cover three states with that, and we're calling it the Appalachian Overland Triangle, where I want to get you lost in the middle of nowhere. Awesome. Uh, for you to come out and explore with either yourself, your girl, your family, whatever. And you Ooh. can go so far, pick it up next time, and come back again. So, Man, ain't nothing, ain't no better way to spend your time. And where can I get some fried taters and soup beans that around here? Some good fried taters. Homemade? Homemade. Upstairs. Well, besides upstairs, I'm talking about a restaurant. <laughs> restaurant? Yeah. Uh, Opals, do they do it? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do over at the end of uh, 290. I'm I got sure to find me a place to get me some good d- d- soup beans. We got to get off here, I know. <laughs> difference? Hold on. There's a difference. <laughs> Let, well, let's talk about two things and we'll go. Yeah. You, you can break this two segments you want to take. Yeah. <laughs> You're chili in Jackson County. Uh-huh. Do you put beans in it? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my wife puts beans so in it. So y'all are bean chili peeps. So y'all have soup. 
Yeah. What else? <laughs> <laughs> I always you can judge people or where you're at usually by yeah. that these two simple questions. Okay. So in the Appalachian world, um, we where I grew up, we didn't put beans in our chili. Okay. It was meat sauce. You okay. Know? Uh, if you put beans in, you had vegetable soup. But uh, <laughs> next question: pinto beans, soup beans, whatever. Do you all eat pinto or cranberry beans? Pinto. See, we're cranberry bean people. Oh, yeah? Yep. So it's, it's the similarities are so different. That's and crazy. My wife, Pike County, she's you all. Yeah. We're this. What about that? Iced tea or Kool-Aid when it's a kid? Kool-Aid. Yeah, we Kool-Aid people. What did Kool-Aid. you? We never, we, I never heard of iced tea to Tennessee. Oh, really? So, but anyway. All right. That's a perfect way to end. <laughs> we'll end it right there. Soup beans and cornbread. <laughs> I appreciate it. Have, Have a good it. one, everybody. And that's what's up, world. From the words of Whistle Stop Express, we love our community and appreciate all of our wonderful customers. So check out Whistle Stop Express in Sand Gap, Kentucky. Their hours are Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday and Sunday from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. They have gas, diesel, propane tanks, and propane tank exchanges, automotive products, hydraulic fluid, a line of livestock feed, and pride dog food. They also have tobacco products. If you need a Notary Republic, they have them there at the Whistle Stop. They have a full breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu served all day. They carry postage stamps and a lot more. So if you're needing anything from the Whistle Stop Express, please give them a call at 965-7613. Again, that's Whistle Stop Express, beautiful Sand Gap, Kentucky. Give them a call at 965-7613.